For more Red FM podcasts, go to redfm.ie forward slash podcasts. Uh, weather is never far from dominating the papers or the news. Um, unfortunately, some of those fires that we're hearing across uh, Mediterranean countries and places like that were started deliberately, unfortunately, not all of them. I don't know why people would take advantage of a situation to do things like that. But the Mail this morning is talking of climate experts from World Weather Attribution. These are scientists who've come together. They're saying... Uh, that extreme heat waves and icy winters could become increasingly common due to climate change and temperatures of up to 48 degrees, which have swept across Europe, sparking devastating wildfires in spite of some of them being started intentionally. The others, of course, were started because of the extreme temperatures in places like Greece and what have you and roads. Um, but these temperatures will not be out, out of the norm. So temperatures into the 40s will become increasingly common unless something's done about, say, for instance, greenhouse, greenhouse gas emissions, uh, unless these things are, are, are actually controlled and reversed. And we don't seem to be doing much of a job handling that. Um, so that's uh, an interesting one. It isn't the dominant story making the papers today. Um, what does dominate very much is uh, the US Embassy's warning uh, to its citizens either, either in Ireland or um, planning to come to Ireland. For some, of course, they want to come to Ireland to trace their roots. And they probably have a very different picture in their mind's eye as to what Ireland is like uh, unfortunately. Now, the warning from the US Embassy is kind of, when you read it, um, although they don't say it, but for me, it's just one step below saying, do not travel to Dublin, particularly. So American citizens have been issued a warning about their personal safety in the light of several incidents of violence in Dublin city centre recently. It's a front pager exclusively in the, in the uh, Independent this morning where the embassy has told visitors, Americans, to avoid walking alone, especially at night, avoid carrying large amounts of cash, keep expensive watches or jewellery hidden. Uh, now, at the same time, of course, uh, we have the Taoiseach saying that it's going to be very hard to hit the target of 1,000 new Gardaí this year. That's going to be very, very hard because it doesn't seem to be an appealing job for people who are looking for a career path. But anyway, U.S. Embassy, embassy says just days, this is incidentally just days after an American citizen, of course, was badly beaten up and is in a coma and probably um, will at least lose the sight of one eye. Stephen Termini from Buffalo, New York, on Talbot Street when he was attacked there. So he was left with serious injuries after that assault. Pressure is mounting on the government now to police uh, the streets of Irish cities and towns better than they're doing. So this is a warning that says avoid walking alone, especially at night. Avoid carrying large amounts of cash. Keep expensive watches and jewellery hidden. Uh, keep a low profile. Um, limit the use of headphones or earbuds. Uh, avoid staring at phones while moving through public areas. Exercise good personal security while travelling in light of a number of recent incidents. They were told, do not place passports and valuable items in the outer pockets of backpacks or purses. Um, don't put them on tables in public places. Don't put mobile phones up on tables in person. It's awful. Um, safeguard your valuables. Walk, look after your credit cards and your passports. Do not carry large amounts of cash. Be vigilant. They warn Americans pickpocketing, mugging, snatch and grab theft of mobile phones, watches and jewellery. 
can occur. Um, it's awfully depressing reading. It's, as I say, it's kind of one level less than don't travel, isn't it, when you read it like that? Meanwhile, that 14-year-old boy um, who appeared before a special sitting of Children's Court on Sunday charged with assault causing harm uh, to Stephen Timoney. That's where we're at with, the, with regards to our, our legal system. I'll have more on this in a few minutes' time, but your thoughts are welcome on it. So text 0868 104 106. I have some more stories like that to share. Uh, meanwhile, of course, papers also drill into law and order in general. Um, it used to be the thin blue line. Now it's the thin fuel line where guarded patrols are levels are dangerously low and just getting lower. In fact, top guardy are warning the numbers of officers on our streets, particularly in Dublin. And don't exclude Cork on this because uh, Cork's been found wanting as well with the amount of, of guardy that are actually here in the city, suburbs and counties. So that's the story that makes this morning's mirror the independent. The, the mail this morning says that the guardy have enough to be doing as it is worse to the effect of that they won't be able to handle this new hate law. It'll mean more desk work, more bureaucracy, more paperwork for the Gardaí. When what people really want is to be safe as they go about their lives. So the new hate law seems to be the focus of our government from uh, Helen McEntee and right across the cabinet, it would seem, as opposed to keeping people physically safe and their property safe and their loved ones safe. Uh, talking about loved ones and people being safe, we did quite an amount yesterday and have been doing over the past couple of weeks with regards to the conditions that Cork people have to live as tenants of Cork City Council. And we had quite an amount of audio from Kevin who visited uh, along with uh, City Council executives and councillors on Monday night to around Noonan's Road. So Donald O'Keefe is a very strong article on the front and inside pages of the Echo today where um, Anne Doherty, the chief executive, apologised to the residents of Noonan's Road. She said she was shocked at the living conditions. Spoke to Donal O'Keefe. She said she had been unaware of conditions in the flats. She's all I can do is say, I'm really sorry that you've been let down over the years. She says that, um, well, as we know now, people living in the area have been living in dilapidated homes as they say in the Echo today, prone to dampness and mould, regularly infested with rats and mice. And at one stage, as council officials were doing their walkabout, they came across two dead rats on the road. Um, and the residents said, there's nothing new there. We have uh, high levels of rat infestation, infestation, and it's just getting worse. She says, and Doherty says, it hasn't happened in the last year or five years or ten years. It's many, many years in the making and I can't answer you as to why. She said that she would be talking to government about funding the redevelopment of the area. Uh, She spoke to a group of tenants there. She says, all I can do is say, I'm really sorry that you've been let down over the years. I mean, some of you have told me things and showed me things that a couple of arses need kicking, to be honest, because it's not acceptable, and that will be dealt with, she says. Now, undoubtedly, I'll be coming back to that story, but that's the front and inside pages of The Echo today. Another thing we'll chat some more about is Coldplay. Not the quality of their music, because they have quite an amount of fans, obviously, but the state of play with trying to buy tickets for gigs. Now, it was firstly, um, you know, Taylor Swift, and then we move from the fiasco regarding Taylor Swift to another fiasco involving Coldplay. So they've now announced a fourth night, but many, many thousands of people um, were very disappointed. There was a deluge online for pre-sale tickets. Um, so you have pre-sale you have second queues, you have VIP areas, you have um, early early access, and then you have the sale of tickets. Why do we need all of this? Why don't they just announce the gig, right? Open the lines or get online, 
go to Ticketmaster. Everybody has the same chance. If you're lucky enough to get tickets, well and good. But all of these different levels and queues and almost like virtual rooms that you have to go into online, it's an absolute nonsense. And of course, then the website crashes. And then, of course, it's followed by um, many, many tickets then coming up on resale sites. Um, saw some of them this morning in the Star where they're saying that a 46 euro ticket now costs 410 euro on a Dutch resale site. Or another one, it was worth um, face value, who'd want to pay it, 168 euro on sale on a resale site for 819 euro. So if your thoughts, if you've been trying to get tickets or were successful or unsuccessful with regards to Coldplay, your thoughts are welcome at that text 0868 104 106. Uh, there's also to talk regarding the budget. I won't say much about this apart from the fact that the government want us to believe that it will be a giveaway budget. Don't kid yourself into believing that kind of narrative. It's your money in the first place. You earned it hard, gave it to them, and they're just giving it back to you in ways that they should be doing so anyway. So small businesses who are particularly facing all sorts of issues regarding rising costs will get help in the upcoming budget. There'll also be more money for child poverty. There will be things like a a range of issues for people who will need energy support. So you're going to see a repeat of the, um, you know, the situation last year when there were energy credits, three 200 euro payments against your bills. That will happen again when the budget comes around in the autumn. As well as that, they will also give an extra one-off welfare payment. Things like that. It's a front pager making this morning's uh, Irish Times. And of course, Ireland must win today against Canada. Uh, If they don't beat the Canadians today, we are gone after the loss to Australia. So um, the big thing about the match today is that the Canadians have been warned that they'll be up against a home crowd in Perth when they face Ireland. They'll all be, they'll be the, uh, you know, obviously the Irish will be there, but so will the Australians who will be rooting for the Irish. So um, that helps actually uh, support from the fans. So a little more on that a little later on this morning. Um, if you've ever had issues with regards to things that you bought, there is the Con- Competition and Consumer Protection Commission that look into all of these things. I saw them yesterday. Um, there was an article that I read somewhere, give a typical example of this, of a very dodgy gas hob that was made in China that had to be recalled in Ireland because the uh, connection has got a U-bar on it where it actually meets the hob coming from the gas, that leaks. Um, and it shouldn't be leaking. It's a, it's a faulty valve. This is just one of the typical examples. But one of the main dealings that the CCCP uh, dealt with over the past 12 months, according to the examiner, is car dealers misleading customers with regards to vehicles' mileage, not admitting, say, for instance, that a car had been previously crashed. These were among the cases uh, that led to the enforcement actions taken by the Consumer Watchdog last year. Would you believe that it took 705,558 unsafe products removed from the Irish market. I mean, I didn't even know there were that many products in the world. Never mind that they took nearly 706,000 of them off the Irish market. How much stuff's been made out there? Mother of God. Uh, They also looked actually, just as a by the way, into allegations, and we all thought it, that grocery prices were being gouged at the supermarkets. They looked closely at all of the prices, and they have come up with 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 the conclusion that there was no evidence of price gouging in supermarkets. Might be worth their while now to look at energy providers, or indeed hotel operators next. That's an interesting one making the examiner today. And I know there's been all sorts of argy-bargy as to whether you were going to be charged um, and taxed to use your car. The Mail started this on Monday saying it would cost you in taxes €163 if the Greens get their way to drive from Cork to Dublin in charges. Um, Michal Martin then came out and said this is not going to happen. Um, Eamon Ryan's come out again now and he says we won't rule it out. 
So they need to get their ducks in a row and come up with some sort of agreed policy, wouldn't they? And you see that story making the mirrors today? It's far from funny. There's a family shocked. They were expecting their dad's body to be sent home to them from Spain. But what they actually received was a Frenchman's body. Believe it or not, the Curley family. Michael Curley died at the age of 83 of a heart attack when he was on holidays. And his daughter Jackie is now suing for alleged psychiatric injuries. And she says the mix-up was like a horror story gone wrong. Well, horror stories always go wrong. So they... um Engaged a, a they're engaged an Irish undertaker, um, and also a repatriate an international undertaker and an international repatriation service, and they're suing all of those now because the person that was delivered uh, to them was not their dad, bared no resemblance whatsoever. In, in fact, without wanting to put it any clearer, um, the wrong body was sent to the mourning family. Could you imagine? That kind of shock. It's a very sad story because the sun this morning is dominated by Claire Byrne and her social media abuse hell. Apparently, uh, she puts up with awful abuse online and indeed in person. And I, I can't understand why. Because uh, she's a fine broadcaster. I don't know that, I don't think that she's a controversial broadcaster. Um, she's not really a, a shock jock or anything like that. But yet, apparently, that was the reason why she turned down the Late Late Show gig uh, because of her social media abuse hell. And it's a front and inside page story making the sun. Um, she goes really into depth into her life and family and children and the grief that she has to put up with over the years. I think she moved and she closed down Twitter some years back because it was just a vicious place. But it hasn't stopped the amount of grief that she's subjected to and abuse and vile trolling uh, on social media. Meanwhile, um, I see Katja Mia, uh, who is a, a TV presenter on Ireland AM, um, tells the Mail this morning that she's been subjected to horrific racist abuse using public transport in the capital. I mean, things are just going from bad to worse and on the go. She said recently there were four white teenagers shouting the N-word at me repeatedly, 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 just trying to get a reaction from me. And this is a woman, a young woman, just trying to get to from A to B on public transport and gets this kind of abuse because of the colour of her skin. There's lots of other stories in the papers today, which I may well come back to. Interesting to see. I was talking to some uh, 20-odd-year-olds yesterday because we were talking about uh, the state of the city on the air, wondering where did they do their shopping. And I asked them, where do you shop? They said, Maham Point primarily, sometimes the big shopping um, uh, mall in Bishopstown. I said, what about the city? Never. I said, why don't you go into the city? Because of parking. Um, so the whole new generation of people who avoid the city for parking. I said, when do you go in? Well, to socialize. But then we don't need our car because we go in taxis. But the city's a no-go for young people when it comes to shopping. And there's an interesting one in the Sun that says one in five people now and an awful lot of 18 to 24-year-olds carry zero cash. It's all tap and go. I checked my wallet this morning before I came on air um, and I have 20 euro in it, a 20 euro note. Not a whole lot, I know. Um, I probably find myself tapping a bit more these days with Revolut. Will it come to a stage where I'll be cashless? Probably not, because uh, you still need a few bob in your pocket. You need some folding, because you never know, um, certainly with regards to, um, you know, incidentals and, and things like that. Uh, and if you're anyway nostalgic for the um, comics of yesteryear, there's a lovely story in the Beano today 
uh, talking about its 85th anniversary. I mean, I remember the Beano as a young fella. I also remember the Dandy, Hotspur, Scorcher and Score, Topper and Beezer. There were some of my favourites. There was an awful lot of ones then that were cartoons just solely to do with World War II. And there was lots of them. But anyway, the Beano's 85 years old this week. And they asked children aged 7 to 14 uh, to let them know who they would like to see, celebrities they would like to see as cartoon characters in the Beano. There was a massive response to it. Now you have all of the usual characters in the Beano, don't get me wrong. But uh, Stormzy's in there, Harry Styles, David Attenborough, Adele, Lewis Hamilton, Marcus Ratchford was voted the most inspirational celebrity and there's loads of them as we wish the Beano happy 85th birthday. Text 0868 Pick up the phone on 0818 Winner of two golds at the Imro Radio Awards 2022. The Neil Prendeville Show on Cork's Red FM. Calls on the way after the break. The Neil Prendeville Show. Cork's number one talk show. Pure Cork. On Red FM. To the phone lines we go. Michael standing by. Craig first. Craig, good morning. Morning, Neil. Do you, mind you if, do you mind if I start actually with this um, with this warning to American tourists? Are you aware of that story? Uh, yes, just heard it there this morning. Okay, what do you what do you make what do you make of it? Pretty shocking stuff. It's it's one warning lower than don't travel. I think, isn't it? Uh, yes, is my understanding. But um, I think it's so funny that um, they bring out these warnings when it uh, deals with American tourists and not. Uh, with our phone systems or uh, anyone else that's traveling in here. Well, it's the American embassy is doing it. Yeah. yeah. That's that's the reason why. They take it so seriously after the attack on Stephen Timoney that they're telling tourists that they need to up their game and be more aware and alert primarily in Dublin. But but anyway, I, I, I mean, I think it's I think it's pretty shocking, that kind of message going overseas, isn't it? Uh, it certainly is. And uh, America is no uh, country to um, tell us about uh, safety because of uh, their own cities and their own problems. But, um, but no, it's uh, definitely a bad... Uh, yeah, bad picture on Ireland, and I know it'll take Gardaí to fix the problem, but it just needs to be done. Yeah, I don't want to see the army on the streets, but at the minute we do need, uh, I do think we need the army on the streets to, um, until the Gardaí numbers are brought back up to standard. Mm, don't you think that people want more um, individuals who break the law or engage in criminality or beat people up or rob them um, jailed? A hundred percent, and maybe, maybe for the youngsters, not uh, jailed. So we say, if you're young teens, you're thirteen-year-olds onwards. I personally think that they should be sent up to Kilworth camp and spend um, minimum six months up there for any crime that deals with stealing cars or assault or yeah, anything that's uh, not initially thrown to jail. But if they went to a boot camp and spent six months with no contact, they can uh, maybe be put on the right track. A small bit of um, training, a small bit of discipline might uh, straighten a number of them out. And, yeah, You're, are you old enough, you were old enough to remember Spike when Spike was a juvenile prison? No, I was born in 88. Okay, so. well, Spike was used for just that, for young offenders, if you like, who spent time down there to see if they could be corrected and they got help and stuff like that. It, at one stage, the young prisoners there almost burnt the place down, but uh, they knocked it on the head eventually, you know. But that was the idea that you're talking about. Yes, and but since that, since the 90s and noughties, like um, our children, uh, child discipline, and I do not want um, abuse coming back in, no, no to that. But 
uh, we do need uh, discipline back in and the courts need to be able to discipline. Um, the parents don't. Yeah, well, let's just deal with that then. It, it, is it not really about respect and also parents taking time and spending more time with their children in the rearing of them? Uh, yes, and uh, I know we can't paint everyone with one brush that there is people there, they've out-of-control children and the parents themselves are probably afraid or can't um, handle it themselves. There's those situations, um, there's situations then that parents, there's certain parents out there that just don't care. And um, I think if the likes of a boot camp was set up, that um, they'd be able to, um, it doesn't matter rich, poor, um, good or bad parents, that everyone is just treated with the same brush as a youngster if you break the crime. If you break the law, you do, um, yeah, you spend time. Talk to me about free legal aid then. You were making that point in your text as well. Yeah, um, well, I think um, there should just be a maximum cap on free legal aid. That's, um, yeah, three times, four times. Uh, it's not my call to say, but uh, there should definitely be a cap on um, everyone's free legal aid because these multiples upon multiples of free legal aid to certain people, like, this is uh, beyond a joke, uh, like I'm a well-paying taxpayer as well as uh, many other people are and um, yeah we just see our money being wasted and um, yeah just these things need to be tidied up and we'd have so much money then saved for healthcare and everything else. When you hear of people with 150 or 280 previous offences and for each of them getting free legal aid it's frustrating isn't it? It certainly is um, there's no words to describe that uh, frustration. Okay Okay. Yeah. All right. You'd be very interested in a court report to have in a few minutes' time with regards to just that. But thank you for taking the call, Craig. Let me talk to uh, let me talk to Michael on line three. Michael, good morning. Thanks for holding. Good morning, Ed. How are you? Are you aware of the warning that's been given to American tourists with regards to Dublin? I am, and I think it's ridiculous, you know, and uh, I think a lot of Americans would see that it would be ridiculous. I wouldn't give it much attention because when you think of it logically, look, you go to New York, I don't think you're going to get um, the experience that you would have got five years ago. And much the same in our own city that you wouldn't have got the experience that you would have five years ago. But I think Cork City... What, what does that mean? Are you saying it's better or worse? Because I know people that live, for instance, and work in New York and the various boroughs and they feel perfectly safe there. I would agree on that, right, but I would certainly agree that there is a lot of people in situations that they haven't been in before, and that would be violent situations in New York, violent situations in London, violent situations in Cork, in Dublin. It is fairly widespread, but the one thing that I would say about our city is that I've gone to other cities now during these times, and I find that our city is one of the cities that is the I suppose it has the most potential to change because we have a culture in our city that we, we've got this, you know, like you you can't you can't even measure the amount of history by sitting down with someone that's in their 60s or 70s and leaving them tell you a small bit about their day and their lives. And I think our younger culture aren't getting that kind of, that essence of what it is to be a Cork person. They're being very misguided in life. They're saying, oh, look, everything is the, the boy now. They're, they're thinking in the minute. They're thinking yeah, everything has to happen so quickly for them. But they need to actually slow down and just get what Cork is all about. Start reading a small bit of history, blending the learning into it. Is Cork a safe city? Absolutely. It is. is it left? Thing it is, is it? Absolutely. I'll walk down any street in this city any time, night or day. 
Would you? I'll assure you I won't. Absolutely. Absolutely. No. I say you have to you have to be you have to be a little bit more sensible. It's not like what it used to be, but I'm sure you and and I know many of people many people that are not in sixties and seventies and eighties, and they'll walk down any street in Cork City. So they say that you know, if people are going to, I think you pointed out some of the best things you could have said. Look, common sense will tell you you don't go walking down into a city in the middle of the night with the phone to the ear, not looking around you. You don't go down there thinking that you're bling and blind and you're, you're better than everyone because you don't know who's out there. So having a little bit of awareness of just saying, look, put your phone into your pocket. Walk around with your eyes opened. You don't go getting drunk and wandering off on your own. You must be in the group. You know, these are things but no matter, what, no matter what you do or the condition that you're in, if you're not breaking the law, you should be safe. But by virtue of the fact that you're saying you know, that you need to be aware of your surroundings means there's potential danger. I think, look, any city has always had danger. There's never been a such a thing as a safe city. And anyone to think that is only putting people on the wrong track because every city has always had issues. There's always been policing. So trying to get people a little bit more, look, tilt down to common sense. If you're going to walk off down the streets with your phone up to your ear and, look, the guards can't be everywhere, the best people can't be everywhere. But you should be able to walk down the street on the phone. Um, Simple as that. Be in daytime, in daytime, yes, fair enough. Look, you should be able to do that, right? Fair enough. Anytime. Right. Sure, that's just talking okay. to somebody on your phone. Like, why wouldn't well, you, you see, be you're safe not conscious. doing... You're not aware. You see, you're not aware of your surroundings when you're on your phone. Let's be honest about it. Because you're not... It's like driving. When you're driving on the phone, it's the same thing. Because you're not, you're not conscious. That's why they don't use phones. Phones are, phones are this new thing that's come into people's look, last 15 years. And it's progressed very quickly. We're kind of seeing there's a lot of damage from it. So, like, we can kind of say, look, you don't have to be walking around with your phone stuck to your ear either. If you're inside in town, what are you there for? If you want to be on your phone, you sit down, you use your phone, and you're giving your, your time to your phone mm. and the person on the phone. Mm. Do you know, it's too different, like, the different... But the I know you love Cork City, so do I. And this isn't about the city, yeah, the bricks, you know. the mortar, the heritage, the history, the culture... Because they, they're, they're of, our, of, of, of the generations that went before us who built it. So it's not a lack of love for the city. It's about, and, and I know this story is very much rooted with the American embassy talking about Dublin. But we're not too far behind them with crime. Um, you know, I wouldn't, I've been to Dublin and I'm sorry, I know about Dublin, but um, there's no comparison. You can't compare Dublin to Cork. It's not, that's not even possible. I was up there, I just, it's a completely different, you know, a different feeling from the city. I, I, look, I'd be fairly well I'd be fairly well able to get around and, you know, I'd know about it, but geez, going on one bus to the next, and you don't know who you're going to meet, and geez, there's people in, in atrocious conditions now, fairness, look, we're not in the times of five years ago or six years ago where everyone's safe anymore, you have to keep your wits about you. Right, okay. Do you know, and I find that, look, the best advice that you're putting out there at the moment is, look, don't go following every new thing that's happening at the moment with politics and, oh, we must join, oh, we must, we must protest this, we must protest. Like, how is this, like, one of the best things that I kind of, ex- I experienced myself, you know, loads of them, you learn something new every day. But I walked into a group of people that were on about getting themselves, you know, all these changes to their body. And I just pulled two of them aside for, John you know, young people, 18, 19, and I said, look, who's going to be responsible for your health? What changes to their body are you referencing? I'm not sure about the changes they're on about now, look, because I'm not... But, look, the changes that young people are all being kind of driven towards, that, oh, this is a great thing to do. And I said, one second, I said, who's responsible for your health? And they said, oh, the, the government. I said, one second now, 
who's responsible for your health now and who's responsible for your health when you're 90? And the two of them snapped out of it for two seconds. And they just looked and goes, Jesus, actually, right. But they were pulled back into the group. So I think there's a lot of misguidance going on in the world at the moment. And look, I feel the utmost of compassion for the young people. They don't know what's going on in the world. They didn't have the beauty of what we had five years ago and ten years ago. And I think that's missing from our city. All those small little shops that you could go in and you could, Joy, you could, oh, this person is making this and they've got a little, you know, a little gift shop here and that's what they do for a living and they live up in this part of the the county. And all those things that our city is missing, all this fast trading, is that really what Cork is about? This into a shop, oats is bought inside and just shipped in off a container. There's no character about it. No, there's not, unfortunately. That's the way commercialism is moving and more and more small cork businesses are warning against that, saying, you know, don't give all of your loyalty and your money to big, massive international companies because they will pull out at a whim and the profits are going overseas um, and you need to protect what we have, the indigenous industries. But it's not happening Um, and there's a myriad of reasons as to why people don't feel safe Um, they have issues with regards to accessibility or a welcome not even a welcome in the city you know they're afraid to even go in and even try and find somewhere to park or parking is an issue the suburbs are much better options the likes of Maham Point is thriving because the city is not you know you know I think we need to take a look at the city again now right and every day I think the city look the Coxie Council are doing immense work but just people don't need they don't know what the work they're doing. They went down to Nolan's Road. Fair dues because there's action going to happen from that. And sometimes... Yeah, no, that's not, that's not true. Go, they went out to Noonan's Road because Noonan's Road happened on their watch because they didn't do any work. There's a reason for that. Well, it's like this. They've now got a group that's going to put a bit of work into it. And I was out, I passed there yesterday and I see a digger going, so I wouldn't wrong them ever because they're very quick to get moving on things once, once it's pointed out to them. Because, look, they're facing, when you think of the Cox City Council, they're not able to keep everything that's going in the ground. They're facing what's happening in Europe, what's happening here. What's happening. So they're doing their best as well. And I wouldn't, I'd never wrong Cox City Council because you have to sit down with them and actually see what's happening to know that they'll run off their fees every okay. day as well. Okay, all right, you know? okay. And coming right. back to a city, it'd be nice to see, look at the projects now. There's, there's a few projects there. Um, what do you call it? You know, just the ones that are doing some bit of good there on a Sunday there. There's one there down by um, Kerensky. And there's eight or nine people get together and do store a bit of drawings and stuff like that, pop into those kind of things and say, look, how can we help? It's not all about on the phone or anything, but it's about coming in in person and just saying, look, how can we help? Oh, no, I don't think there's an issue with people wanting to come in to do these kind of things. It's as to whether they feel safe or not. I mean, would you feel safe if you had a 14 or 15-year-old son or daughter who happened to dress well and have a mobile phone, a nice pair of runners inside in Cork City of a Saturday afternoon, for instance, that they wouldn't get harassed? The chance that they would. Absolutely. If look, put it like this: if they if they can run a sixty thousand event below in Parky Creeve, then they need to start looking at the city at the same thing. This is a city of welcomes, and it always has been. Okay. And the sooner we start getting back to looking at that instead of looking, oh look, the ter- look the violence come here. Oh, the violence. No, no more of that. Now start looking at city. How can we enhance it? Start taking down a few for sale signs and putting businesses in there, supporting them, and say, look, we'll give you a year here's the finances for it because it's worth far more to put a business in place than to be losing the life in our streets saying oh look we couldn't do right. it because of this get people back into the shops 
take the signs down off it, not everything is for sale, and put in some character shops there with a bit of something that's craft workers from the from the county, and let your county pull in hard in the city. All right, because appreciate it. it. Thank you, Michael. I'm going to okay. We covered the ground this morning. Thank you, Thank you for that. Text oh eight six eight one zero four one zero six. Craig was making a point there about free legal aid earlier on this morning. I'm just going to I'm just going to relate a story for you. It's not the entire details of it. I'm just paraphrasing much of what was said um, from a court report that I read in the Irish Independent. And I'm not going to make any comment on it because the judge made a decision um, so you have to be careful about what you do say but there were five men um, who were before the court now they were believed they believed these five men believed that a friend of theirs was being assaulted and they came to his rescue all right they, the, all of these five now ultimately got suspended prison sentences they were Vasily Burka uh, Jan Mostetta uh, George O'Neilly Nicanor Yonas and Jan Soparino um, and they were before the courts um, and it was alleged in court and, and proven very much in court that there was this couple a husband and wife and a friend they were out socialising in Dublin City uh, when they saw an altercation um, they saw an altercation between a man and a woman um, and uh, there was a fight around about 2 o'clock in the morning and they then intervened to help the woman Right, uh, And the man then who went to intervene and help the woman was himself assaulted in the process. Now, the couple and their friend then start to, to try and move away. Um, and uh, all of a sudden, then a group of five men approached them. And the woman uh, herself was pushed to the ground and a partner called the guardie. So he's on the phone calling the guardie. Uh, then he's knocked to the ground, assaulted. He was in and out of consciousness. Um when the guards actually arrived, these characters then scarpered and he noticed that his mobile phone was missing. So anyway, the woman said that a group of males ran towards her husband and her friend and started punching them and kicking them. So her husband then ultimately was brought to hospital and x-rays showed that he had fractures to his wrist and his nose and he also sustained bruising to the body. Now the woman herself had two black swollen eyes and nose pain. And their friend, the third person, required five stitches to the chin and felt intensive pain in his face. Now, bear in mind that all of this started because they saw an altercation between a man and a woman and they went to help and intervene to help the woman. Anyway, they were able to track her husband, the husband's phone, um, because there was a tracker on the phone and this van was stopped and six men in total were found in it. Now, all five of them made admissions to the guardie, um, and they said that they had got a phone call from their friend um, who was saying worse to the fact that this man was assaulting him. So they came to his aid and they said that, that the, their friend misled them. They misled them. They didn't understand really what had happened. So the five of them had uh, €26,000 in compensation to the injured parties in the case. Uh, there was a probation report, uh, as you will, for all five men. And it was deemed on this probation report that they were all on the low risk of reoffending. Now, what was interesting about this is that each of them, of course, would have had free legal aid. Um, and this is legal and lawful, and each of them would have had um, legal representation in court, right up to barristers. So each of them had their own individual barrister. And I counted one, two, three, four, five different barristers who stood up in court for each of the defendants to talk on their behalf. Now, that's legal, it's lawful, it's the proper defence that we have in this country. That's fair enough, but... 
that's all paid for clearly by free legal aid. So the judge then said that the injured parties were doing the right thing in trying to help a woman who they believed was in difficulty. But then went on to say that she accepted that the five accused men were led to believe by their friend that he'd been assaulted. Um, She sentenced them all right, uh, but she said there was a consideration of the lack of previous convictions, the early guilty pleas, apologies and the remorse shown by all of the five. She said that this offence was out of character, out of character for the accused, all first time offenders. Uh, and in stable full-time employment. So there was lots of reasons taken into consideration as to why they should not go to jail. Now, the sentences that were handed down ranged from 18 months to like 16 months, but they were all fully suspended, all fully suspended on the basis that they keep the peace and be of good behaviour during this time. Now, there's a sixth man who is still before the court, so we can't say anything about that. So all suspended sentence, even though um, the judge actually said that the injured parties were right to intervene to try and help the woman. She also believed that the five misread, mis, misread the situation and were misled by their friends, and that's why. But still in all, they still attacked people, right? And they still did injury to them and, and criminally assaulted them. But that's it. Um, there you have it. Uh, so sentences all suspended for all five of them. So that's kind of like, um, you know, the, the but sometimes this is kind of a detachment from reality with regards to our courts, don't you think? But would it not be a better system where in a case like that, or if you park that, or, or cases similar to that, for instance, that you would have one solicitor um, and if it, if it was five different people who were being charged, they could have five different solicitors. But it would be dealt with really, really quickly. You know, really fast. It wouldn't have to take a long, long time to get into court. And perhaps you wouldn't need senior counsel and barristers representing them as well as a solicitor each. Because you've got to wonder how much money that actually cost the Irish taxpayer for all five sentences to be suspended. Anyway, text 0868104106. Neil Prendeville, Gold Imro Award winner for Speech Broadcaster of the Year. Corks Red FM. Text 0868104106. And I will come back to that. Keep those texts coming and we'll deal with them after 10 this morning. Also, an interesting uh, email came in from the perspective of members of Angarda Shikona who are just trying to keep the peace. So text on that. Text 0868104106. But just before um, we move back to that story, I want to go back to one that I dealt with earlier on this morning. And that is the fiasco of ticket sales in Ireland. We went from Taylor Swift directly into another disaster with... uh, Coldplay. David Kent writes a very good article in this morning's uh, Examiner. It's kind of tongue-in-cheek in one way and quite funny in others, but he describes the whole events of what happened yesterday while trying to get uh, tickets for Coldplay, having previous to that been in the same argy-bargy for Taylor Swift. David, good morning. Morning, Neil. How are we? Good, good, good. Incidentally, did you get the Taylor Swift ones in the end? I did. I got. I, somehow I'm one of the very, very few people who have managed to get tickets to both Taylor Swift and Coldplay on pre-sale, which means that I, I fully expect to, you know, just be attacked in the street randomly now, such as the vitriol <laughs> from the various fan bases that they weren't able to uh, yeah, secure yeah, tickets keep to it, either. Keep it to yourself. Don't be talking about oh, it on yeah, radio. Oh, yeah, yeah. Head, head down now. Just, just, just between you and me now. Yeah, yeah. I know, I know Ticketmaster got very upset yesterday when media were calling their site having crashed, right? But for want of a yeah. better word, it pretty much did, didn't it? I mean, they were they had come out on so this I'll, I'll take it back to last week when Trainer Swift went on sale, I think it was the Thursday. 
and Ticketmaster and the concert promoters and the tennis just had put in a staggered system for her three gigs on the Friday, the Saturday and the Sunday. So you had your pre-sale code ready to go. The Friday tickets were at 12 o'clock. The Saturday tickets were at 1 o'clock. And then the Sunday tickets were at 3 o'clock. And that was relatively smooth. Now, there were still issues with... You're not on speakerphone there, are you, David? Yes, I am. Sorry. Would you just mind coming off speakerphone? It doesn't work for radio. Sorry, my apologies. Okay, take your time. Just get it sorted and we can carry on. I mean, you you mentioned things like staggered and pre-sale. Why don't they just sell the damn tickets? I don't know if I lost it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm just, did you hear what I said there? You know, you talked about Sorry, sta- you talked about staggered tickets. You talked about yeah. pre-sale tickets. I'm making the point, why didn't they just sell the tickets? Yeah, I mean, that's 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 what the issue is going to be on Friday now with, with Coldplay. Because these pre-sale codes where you can register if you were a fan. Well, so many people did it. So I mentioned it in the piece that for Friday's, uh, for the Friday gig for Coldplay, there was 212,000 people in the queue. Croke Park holds 80,000 people, 90,000 on a good day for a concert. So you had nearly three times what Croke Park could hold on a pre-registered code and that before you even get the general sale. But what's pre-registered for? Like, if you've got X amount of tickets and you've got too many fans, then everybody has the same chance and some will be disappointed. Yeah, well, supposedly it was to kind of either reward loyalty. So for Taylor Swift, if you ordered her new album uh, that she's doing the tour on, you got a special code, you got early access on Taylor Swift as well, where certain fans, like the amount of people that registered, it was like, okay, well, we have to put some of them randomly selected to get a pre-sale code. The rest of them who had pre-registered were getting on a wait list. So obviously the people who were on a wait list had no hope because of the amount of people that had been selected randomly to get them for, for Taylor Swift. Coldplay didn't have that issue. They just decided to go for it anyway. And it just, it led to what happened yesterday. And it's, Led to thousands, as you mentioned, thousands upon thousands of people just completely disappointed and disheartened that they're not going to get to see Coldplay or Taylor Swift next year. And straight away then, I was reading in the Red Tops this morning, uh, you have um, ticket sellers and um, resellers selling those yep. same tickets for multiples of the original price. Yep, you, you had that as, as the sale was still going on yesterday and indeed last week you could see, or I think it was on a, uh, one, of the, one of the more known uh, resale gigs or resale sites that... You could buy a uh, seating ticket for Taylor Swift for nine hundred and eighty-one euro, and this is while this this is while these Saturday and Sunday things haven't even gone on sale yet. So you can imagine then that some some panicked parent or some panicked relative of a of a child, this huge Taylor Swift fan, is looking at it, going, "Oh no, tickets are after selling out on Friday." Well, I'll have a look on the resale, and they're paying through the odds for it. So it's it's it, 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 like there are many many issues with how. Uh, tickets for kind of international level events are being put on sale in okay. Ireland. And how do these resellers manage to get the tickets? Is it um, do, do they are, do they have the same chance as everybody else, or are they using software that's better? No, it's a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. Like you, you have to question then whether the, the these tickets that are appearing are legitimate as well. Now, Ticketmaster are quite good for cancelling these tickets when they're able to spot them, but. Obviously, if you don't, if someone has already paid nine hundred euro to a scammer for a ticket that they're not even going to get, then that's that's a whole other issue. These like they're getting their hands on them early, or they're finding a way to get them, and suddenly they're popping up left, right, and centre. Some of them may not even be legitimate. In fact, a lot of them probably aren't legitimate. But by the time people realise that, it's far too late. Well, you mean that some of them might be legitimate, but you'll never actually get them, having paid you, for them. Exactly. And other yeah. ones won't be. They'll be fake, and you'll just get fake tickets. Well, you'll be, you'll be, you'll be asked, as, as many of your listeners will be aware, you'll be asked to put numbers into your credit card number into 
a payment system online, and then some oh, the email will be the email will be the ticket will be emailed to you, I should say, and then oh, suddenly it doesn't appear. The email never comes, and you're out eight nine hundred euro for a ticket that doesn't even exist. Do you think that people would be so desperate for a ticket to a gig like that, whether it's a Springsteen ticket or a Coldplay ticket or a Taylor Swift ticket, that they would pay eight or nine hundred euro for them each? I think there will be some people there because just because of the sheer popularity, particularly Taylor Swift with kind of the younger generation. Um, in the last three or four years, it's seen her popularity exploded again. It was already at a sky high level. It seems to have taken another another jump. That you're looking at it going, well, oh, someone would have someone would put into a, say a family group that's saying, oh, listen, my Christmas present. Can I please try and get Taylor Swift tickets? And it's the only thing that they want or whatever. It's a birthday present or something like that. And it's the only thing they're asking for. And you, you have to turn around to the kid then and go, oh, sorry, well, I cu- I couldn't get them. Do you want anything else? And the kid's heartbroken. So then you go on to you. I, I can pretty much guarantee that there will be someone in the last week or so who has paid over the odds for one of them tickets, and it may not even materialize. Okay. And for you to get those tickets yesterday, did you literally have to sit in front of a screen for hours on end? Yes, indeed. Um, so yesterday was a lot messier than Taylor Swift because yesterday, as I say, Coldplay just opened and Ticketmaster, and then just opened the gates at the same time for everyone. And it was a rush to get in. I logged on. Tickets were meant to go on sale at 10 o'clock. I logged on a quarter to, to, to try and see what the situation was like, whether there was a queue already, and there was. Um, I, I think I managed to get, eventually get tickets at just after midday. So I was, I was a good to two hours waiting in the, on the first gig on the Thursday at this point, the Friday and the Saturday, and the Sunday gigs have been announced as well. But I just, it was literally just patience and perseverance and, it's, it's it's not really but but it's it, not the best way to do it in no, my mind. No, because at one stage you're saying in the examiner article that you were you got to wherever in the queue and were told they were gone, but you kept yep. refreshing, 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 and, and tickets popped up again. Yeah, this is this is a this is a regular occurrence, and I mentioned that in the piece as well. That if there are people who have tickets in baskets, say there was a group of four or five lads all trying to get them in the same group. And one of the lads got them, but the other four still had the tickets in the basket, and they weren't paying. Ticketmaster would release them tickets back. So that's that's been the way for a, a good while. Or people take too long putting in their details or whatever it is, and the tickets would get released. So it is just a case of perseverance. Now that's just that's just something that I've become accustomed to over yeah, the years okay. while trying to get tickets. Okay. So, so what happens Friday then? Friday is Coldplay tickets gone general sale for the at the moment four gigs the Thursday Friday. Um, Sunday, Monday. Now, obviously, they will have kept a good chunk of tickets back from pre-sale or from whatever they were they were planning to do for their for, for the loyal air quote loyal fans. But now Friday, I'm not sure how exactly it's going to be structured. But 10 a.m. Friday morning, tickets for the other the remaining tickets for the four gigs go on sale on Ticketmaster. Um, okay. You would hope that they may have learned a bit from what's happened in the last week, but we'll have to wait and see. Okay, just very, very finally, the examiner also talks about the potential of the boss playing back on Lee side um, in. Um, I'm not quite sure what time of the year. Probably round about May of next year. Any yes. truth in that? It would, it would, it would, it would appear that he is looking at doing um, a couple of stadium shows uh, as part of a tour around Europe next year. It could well be the park. Um, you could look at the likes of maybe the Gaelic grounds, even Tolman Park, but it's uh, it's it's still quite early days yet. For but the examiner are shortlisting either Parky Cueve or Kilkenny's Kilkenny's Nolan Park, one Nolan, or the other. Yeah. Like me, you see, you have to like you did the RDS up here, and you did he did in Dublin, I should say. So you'd imagine like it, it, he, I don't know if he would 
possibly look. You think he probably would sell at the park easily enough? I forgot to say, no case. problem and whatsoever. It, yeah, and similar similar with Nolan Park, and obviously the Parky Queen has higher capacity, so. You would imagine logically from, from Mr. Springsteen's point of view and his product's point of view, more money for him would be the higher capacity venue. Yeah, and that so would be Thanks, David. Appreciate it. David Kent with the Irish Examiner. And as we know, Springsteen last played the Cork and the Kilkenny venues in 2013, gave two performances in each stadium. So if you're a Boss fan, something to look forward to, potentially on Lee side. I tell you who is taking over the on-air studio, though. Absolutely big day today, of course, in Ireland as we take on the Canadians. And... Last week, when we were baiten by the Australians, I played you a fantastic song. It really was top class. It was from the girls from the cabin studio. They performed Come On You Girls in Green. Six young women have joined us from the cabin studios here before they head off to perform at Turners Cross Stadium this afternoon for the Irish ladies soccer match. So can I please welcome and open all of the microphones here to all six of them. Cara, Roisin, Sophia, Katie, Lucy and Sophie all from the cabin and all from the wonderful world of Knocknahini. So good morning girls. Morning. How are you all? Good. Where's Sophie? I'm here. <laughs> Alright. And um, is, there, is there a Sophie and a Sophia? Yeah. So Sophia I can't see because She's doing this end. All right, there you are. And who's the chatter of you all? Sophia. All right, pull that down a bit then, so I can have a quick word with you. Because I haven't met you before, have I? No. Okay, so welcome to the studio. Some of the other girls I have, they're old pros from coming in here. Are you looking forward to the match today? Yeah. Yeah. Tell me who's going to win. Definitely Ireland. And what will the score be? (laughs) Two nil. Two nil. All right. Do you know what happens, girls, if they don't win today? They're knocked out. Ah, that will be disappointing, won't it? Yeah. Okay. Where are you going to watch it? Are you going to stay out and turn this cross, guys? Probably. I think so, yeah. Yeah. Okay. You've got a busy day ahead of you. Yeah? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So I know Gary's in with us as well. Who put the song together? Gary. Is? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, It was kind of like all of us together as like a little group it kind of just came together within like two or three evenings just the entire song the lyrics the music the it's production brilliant. and the music I think video. it should be the official song there's one or two other songs knocking around <laughs> and they're not a patch as good as your one it really is Thank infectious you. it grabs you any of you guys play soccer though oh you're Katie the soccer player what's your name Kelly Kelly is it Katie Katie and who do you play with I play with Holly Hill Girls Ryan what position do you play at uh, either centre back or midfield ok do you ever get up front and get a goal uh, yeah, I've gotten a, I've gotten a few goals in my time, but like I haven't gotten many, like. There's hope yet, and you know the girls now that are playing for Ireland, right? Would yeah. you like one day to be playing like them? Oh, I'd love it. Yeah, do you yeah. take a lot of inspiration from what they're doing? Yeah, I take a lot of inspiration inspiration from all the girls, especially Denise, and she's from around. Well said. Yeah, she's from your parish. She is indeed. Yeah. So you'll be giving her a particular shout out today. Yeah, nice one, Denise. Yeah, nice one, Denise is right. Okay, all right. I know you've got a busy day ahead. So listen, I won't keep you any longer because you've got a lot of appearances on today. And one of them, of course, is in Turner's Cross. So headphones on, girls. I have the backing track. I want you to do the vocals live for me. So you ready? Everybody can hear? I'll start the backing track now. Here it comes, guys. Come on, you girls in green. Live in the studios of Cork's Red FM. in green, come on you girls in green we shout, do it for the girls that are playing in the streets and packs and greens, make that roar 
get louder. Up the girls, we couldn't be any prouder. Ole, ole, ole. Listen to the Colini and women. There's no limit to what we can do, so let's get winning. Strong and fearless, just like our mams. We don't back down, we don't say no, we say we can. We keep on raising and raising, we defy gravity. We do for the sisters and brothers, cousins, the families. And playing football is not just for the boys. For you girls in green, we're out here making noise. We shout, come on you girls in green, come on you girls in green. We shout, do it for the girls out playing in the streets and packs in greens. Make that roar, get louder. Up the girls, we couldn't be any prouder. Ole, ole, ole. That's the anthem, let it ring. For every girl who's got a dream, just let her sing. For the communities, represent the place we're from. From the local pitches to the biggest stadiums. On that field, I bring that skill, watch how this lady runs. You shoot me down, but I will fall, I am titanium. And knock Nahini, the birthplace of a legend. Denise O'Sullivan, that's the name, now don't forget it. Standing tall in green. We got dreams, we can work wonder Straight out Cork, the banks of the lead to the USA Two down under Got Captain Katie McCabe Courtney Brosnan saving the day Vera Pouch, she got a squad Now that will not be easy to break We shout Come on you guards in green Come on you guards in green We shout Do it for the guards out playing in the streets And packs in greens Make that roar Get louder Up the girls We couldn't be any prouder Ole, ole, ole Come on you girls in green Come on you girls in green We shout Do for the girls that play in the streets And pass in greens Make that roar Get louder Up the girls We couldn't be any prouder Ole, ole, ole Alright, I love it It's all even better when you do it live in studio Well done guys Thanks, you, you nailed it again Gary, all credit due to your pal Doing super work Well done 2-0, you're promising me 2-0 today, so are you? Hopefully, yeah? hopefully. I'm going to hold you to that now, because if we don't win today, we're out of the World Cup. <laughs> Did you know that? I didn't. Oh, we have <laughs> The girls in green have to win today. Yeah, say prayers. Give it up to the Almighty. <laughs> all right, off you go. Great to see you again. Don't be strangers. Say hello to all of the gang back in the cabin for me. Take care of yourselves. Well done, guys. Cara, Roisin. Uh, Sophia, Katie, Lucy and Sophie all here from the cabin. Meanwhile, one of the events actually that's happening today is of course out at uh, Turner's Cross where you literally can go along. The cabin crew will be performing there. Flags and bunting will be there as well. I just want to get a sense of what's on today in Turner's Cross from Barry Cotter, the administrator with the Monster FA who are putting this uh, together. Uh, Barry, good morning. There you are. Can you hear me now? I can, I can. Can you hear me? I can. What's the plan today? Well, sure, look, we're just um, we're going having a watch party. Um, it's open to the public, as you said there, free entry. And look, we're, we're hoping as many people will come along as possible to, to support on the girls in green. What's the story with the big stage? I think it's the, is it the Donny Ford stand or something? What what is yeah, it big? Yeah, so look, yeah, yeah. So look, our, our Donny Ford stand is our main stand. It holds just under two thousand um, spectators. Um, it was only reseated in the last twelve months, you know. So it's our main stand there, and it faces obviously the the pitch, and that's where we have um, our big screen set up. So look. Um, 
it's all systems going on. It's just the, the weather staying on our side. I suppose is the main thing now, Neil, you know. There's not much you can do about that, pal. It would it maybe would have been better if it was a Thursday game, but it mightn't be too bad in the afternoon, you know. Look, 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 the Cork public, no matter what uh, weather, they, they, they'll always come out and support. So, look, I don't think it'll, um, I don't think it'll do much damage to the support here today, to be honest. No, and in fact, if it just stays cloudy, it will benefit the screen and being able to see it better than a blazing hot sunny day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, look, I suppose that's the, you know, when we had the lads in, it is a D2K um, erected the screen for us, you know, and they've been fabulous. Uh, Dan Noon and they are well, yeah, great operator. Um, yeah, so look, uh, when we spoke about it, I suppose that I asked them the question uh, regarding sun, and I suppose the two of us laughed because at the same day it was it t- t- was uh, t- was raining. So look, um, that's a yeah, lottery. Look, it will, it will, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So what time are you opening? I think kickoff's at one o'clock. Is it? Is this a big one o'clock? Yeah. All a welcome. Yeah, big so- family day. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. Look, yeah, it's uh, one o'clock kickoff. The gates will open from twelve, but I suppose we we'll kind of get we we'll get kind of rolling from twelve thirty onwards. Um, your own Colin O'Sullivan is uh, coming into MC the event. Um, we have Danny Murphy, the the Cork uh, City Women's Manager. Danny, in. good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm good. They call him the Cockney Rebel. I think is that it, Barry? Yeah, yeah, if you can understand them there, no, I mean, that's the biggest issue there now. I'll give it a shot. So, big family day today, Barry. All welcome. Gates yeah. at what time? Yeah. Uh, 12 o'clock, as I said, we get going around 12.30, you know, there'll be some music. Uh, Colin will be doing a few interviews with Danny, a few of the Cork City women um, girls will be there. They'll do a few interviews. And then we have the, the cabin crew coming on at around. 20 to 20 to 1 they'll do a few a few songs there kind of a 10 minute set and that will kind of just lead us right into to when the, the teams come out on the pitch so Fantastic. look yeah big day okay and of yeah. course free of charge I believe there'll be food trucks there as well people can get a burger well, yeah yeah, look, yeah exactly right. yeah, a yeah, good well, munch as they say yeah, alright yeah, listen exactly. Barry have a great day bring on the great girls in green we need all a result right, today appreciate it just a quick word well, with Danny we need a result Danny of course is the head of women's football at Cork City Football Club. Danny, good morning. Good morning, how are you? I just had the girls in there from the cabin crew and one of the girls was saying to me, of course, she's a neighbour of Denise O'Sullivan, but she was saying they take fierce inspiration as young girls watching the Irish women's soccer team play. That's what it's all about, isn't it? Yeah, no, 100%. That's exactly what it's all about. It's about, you know, being able to showcase what we can do as a country and where, where we're currently at and what we're trying to do. And it's just, it's brilliant for young girls to have people to aspire to and people to look up to and know, help, helps them with their dreams and aspirations as well. Because if we were having this conversation, say, 10 years ago, it would be nowhere near as successful as popular as it is now. No, probably not. I know there was, you know, 10 years ago, there was a lot of girls who were, you know, trying to, you know, build what what, what we've achieved there, well, what the girls have achieved now and the things they've gone through and what they've, they've done as a group of players to, you know, you know, to get the things that they want and need to be able to make a World Cup is it, all that all the stuff that's been done over a ten year period. Like a lot of people have got to take credit for. Yeah. Do you know of the talents and seen the talents to witness the work of Denise O'Sullivan and Megan Connolly? Yeah. No. So I've known Denise quite well. So you know, I know what what she does on a day to day and what she's you know uh, does in terms of as a professional to try and get herself to the level. And I think that you know for her that that all the hard work and dedication to the sport is now. Paying off for her to be able to, you know, reach her dreams, which she probably had as a young girl, was representing her country yeah. in the World Cup. Yeah. 
yeah, yeah. And tell me this before I let you go and get on with the day ahead. If there are young girls or parents listening right now or the parents of young girls who have, who would aspire to be involved in sport more, maybe up to even a professional level in, let's say, soccer, what should they do? You've got, you've got to dedicate yourself to the sport. And it's, you've, got to, you know, you've, got, you've got to be trying to be better every day and try and keep improving and, you know, work on things that other people who play the sport probably ain't willing to do and... You know, it's the, it's the hard hours of, you know, the gym work and eating right and, you know, giving up certain aspects of your social life to dedicate yourself to a sport. And I think that goes for any sport, really. Mm-hmm. And first thing to do would be to get in touch with the soccer club, I guess. Yeah, there's some amazing uh, uh, youth soccer clubs within Cork, especially in the girls' section. It, you know, it's really up and coming and there's a lot of people doing really good work. And, you know, there's plenty of clubs around and a lot of local clubs now have, have girls' sides and, you know, are having them like... In, not just a mixed age group or one or two age groups they've gotten from under eights all the way up to 16 so you know the work's being done by the school girls club so there's plenty out there to reach out to and try and you know get your daughter involved and hopefully she can you know reach a world cup in years to come i hear you and at the age of 16 then she moves into your sphere as head of women's football at cork city football club absolutely why yeah, not so hopefully then they do they come join cork city and we can get them into the national league and they then you know depending on the level of the girl and how they do is whether they move across the water or move to something else or they, they stay here like an Abbey Larkin and they they, move, they make the island squad from here. OK, what are the chances of a result to win today, do you think? I think they have a good chance. I think, you know, if we go out and play similar to how we did in the second half with no fear and go and give it a really good go that we have a really good chance of getting a result. Well, there's absolutely nothing to lose now because they have to win. Yeah. So, so just, win, just so. go for it. Throw caution to the yeah. wind, I suppose. Yeah, look, the first game's always difficult. You're a bit tentative going into it, so I would say they're a bit more cautious in the first half, but I think, you know, if they perform the way they did in the second half, they've got a very good chance of getting a positive result. Well, if they draw against, explain to me, if they draw against Canada and beat Nigeria, that's okay too, isn't it? Yeah, they still have a good chance depending on how the other game goes. Ah, yeah, okay. You're relying on others, yeah. Okay, okay. All right, my man, listen uh, to the Cockney Rebel on Lee's side. Have a great day today. Thanks for taking the call and continued success to you, Danny. Appreciate it. Thanks, Neil. Appreciate it. Danny Murphy, head of women's football at Cork City Football Club. There are other watch parties going on today for the girls in green. Turner's Cross is happening, but also up in Murphy's Rock. That's where the O'Sullivan family will be gathering. And Sinead O'Sullivan, who's Denise's sister, is back by phone again with me for round two, game two. Sinead. Hi, how are you? Um, What's the plan today (laughs) then? The entire clan descend upon Murphy's Rock, I believe, is it? Yeah, that's planned now. We're up here already. We're just getting the, the flags out, banners out, balloons, you name it. Um, so, doors are open at 12, so people will start arriving. Now, you're going I to be... People, I think people are going to start arriving at half 11, actually, just to get seats, because it's going to be... I'd say it's going to be busy. It certainly is, and you couldn't think of a better venue than Murphy's Rock. They really are yeah. kitted and up for a gig like this. Big screen. They're brilliant. They're yeah. fantastic. They always put on a good show, don't they? They're unreal. Like, um, so, yeah, so we won't know. We're just giving a, going to give a big shout-out to everyone to come up and uh, join us and join in the celebrations because they're going to win. <laughs> I, you'll be a hell of a lot more nervous today than last week because a lot so. more depends on this game and the performance yeah, of Denise. Yeah, I think so too. I suppose um, they have to win, don't they, or they have to draw, and then I suppose they have to win against Nigeria. So it's it's there's a lot there's a lot today there's a lot 
to go on today. But if I'm honest, I think I think they're they're tough. They're going to go in. I think they're going to they're going to give it their all. Okay, sorry, how's, how a is very how, good chance? Yeah, oh, they've got it. Absolutely, we've got to go in yeah. thinking you've got a chance. Tell me, mm. how is Denise? Is she in touch all of the time? What's that? Sorry. How is Denise? Is she in touch all of the time? She is. She's always in touch. She's constantly on the phone, kind of texting and WhatsApp, uh, phone calls. Not as much as my mother-in-law. You have to remember, there's ten of us, so she can't ring us. <laughs> <laughs> but she could get in touch with a spokesperson. We- <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I was actually just texting her last night. Now, see, when you text her, she's training or she's she's done interviews, and you know yourself. So um, we definitely speak to her tonight. But my mother has been constantly on. She's constantly on to my mother, you know. So she's candles doing very lit, well. Candles lit. No Venus said. You name it. Saint yeah, Anthony prayed to. <laughs> yeah, we had. I, had the, I was on to the whole Clark City last night. Light the candles, lads. Come uh, on, you know, pray uh, for. Uh, so okay. I think it's going to be a good day, you know. Right, well, so you enjoy overall, it. Have a good party and enjoy much. it, and hopefully we'll get the thanks. win. Twelve o'clock no. midday. All welcome, I suppose. Besides the O'Sullivan oh, clan. Yeah. yeah, all welcome. The whole North Side, everyone holds. All right. Everyone come up. Yeah, absolutely. the nation holds Bye. its breath, as they say. All right, Sinead, enjoy it. Bye. Cheers. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Murphy's Rock at midday, guys. All welcome. Number one talk show in Cork. If it's happening in Cork, Neil is talking about it. The Neil Prendeville Show on Red FM. Okay, back to trying to keep our streets safe and what needs to be done. Much of this front and centre, of course, because the attack in Dublin on an American tourist and indeed the U.S. Embassy warning American tourists with regards to their safety in Dublin. And of course, this probably also, this message goes overseas and is seen by many other countries besides American tourists. So you have lots of tourists who will see this story from various countries who probably now will decide that Ireland is not worth the visit. Um, in fact, you know, you talk about criminality and on Garda Shikon and the work they're trying to do. Just just by, by way of a little bit of um, uh, research, I just... Kevin this morning just took a look at some of the incidents on Leaside that the Gardaí themselves have to put up with while investigating crime. It's very interesting and these are just from uh, the last few months. A lot of them are just the month of July alone. Garda assaulted while investigating an incident where a man put his fist through the windscreen. Right, so he's assaulted. Another one, man spat in the face of a Garda in Cork City. This is from the pandemic. He said that he was experiencing the trauma of being first on the scene of a friend's suicide as if that was reason to spit in the face of a Garda during a, uh, the um, pandemic. Uh, a criminal with 131 previous convictions while on bail barricades himself into a house armed with a hatchet and a knife, makes repeated threats to kill Gardaí, including threatening them outside the court. He got 18 months in prison. Another fellow says to the guards, don't effing touch me, I'll puck you across the street, says your man, shouting at a member of Vanguardia Shikona. Um, a lot, a, the handy old list of previous convictions for this character, actually, including drunk, source of danger himself, 31 times, threatening and abusive behaviour, likely to breach the peace on 22 different occasions. Another fellow clenches his fist and squares up to the guardee, a 20-year-old. Interestingly, he apparently refused to leave the scene of a disturbance when directed by Gardee. Instead, he decides to clench his fists and squares up to the guards instead. Mind you, the judge said, Consider, I'm considering sending you to jail, but I'll give you a chance because of your age. He's 20 years old. He was 15, you might say something. He's a 20-year-old man. You're some effing hero, fella allegedly tells the Gardee in Cork City during a particular incident. 
and that's another one. They're just a selection, just a random selection of the grief that Angarda Shikona have to put up with. So we'll come back to that and lots more besides. Text 0868104106. Apparently, guessed if I started talking about Coldplay, that would open the floodgates of people who either were or were not successful or people who were totally frustrated by the system that um, they use, say, for the likes of Ticketplay, Ticketmaster, to sell tickets for gigs like Coldplay. Maria, good morning. Good morning, how are you? I'm good. What was your own experience yesterday like? Oh, well, I'll tell you, I went to Ticketmaster quite late, which is my own fault, but I was in a queue for about a half an hour, which is not too bad. There were 70,000 people on the front of me, and I said, oh, probably I won't get them. But I went to the end of the queue, and um, the price for the tickets, each ticket was 938 euro, so... I just left it as it is. So that was, you, you, the ticket you were being offered would have been way up around the VIP levels, would it? No, no. It says uh, general on sale, but it didn't say anything was a standing or... Um, but surely, bit, Maria, it wouldn't have been a standing ticket for €938, Euro, would it? It didn't say. I find very difficult yesterday with Ticketmaster. It's all, you have to, like put your cords in it. Each of us was just very difficult and it didn't say what kind of ticket it was. So you think so, there was a chance that there would have been just a... Sta- it could, like Ticketmaster would, wouldn't be selling bog standard tickets at at, um, at VIP prices, but you, you just couldn't... Anyway, you couldn't afford that, could you? Of course not. Who'd want to spend that? No. No. And as I said, I want to take a screenshot because nobody would believe me that price, but Ticketmaster won't let you make a screenshot of it so as I said you could have taken a photograph of it with your camera couldn't you on your phone uh, I could probably but just, I just no I, I believe you I, incidentally yeah. I believe you because I have seen photographs of people being offered tickets on Ticketmaster for that kind of money so you yeah. declined then did you I did yeah but you've seen Coldplay already tell me about that and the costs involved uh, right, they were on the tour last year and myself and my daughter, we went to see them in Berlin, in Germany. And um, I got a ticket the day when they were on sale. I had no problem with German Ticketmaster, not at all. I knew what I was buying it and the ticket cost me 108 euro. We were standing pitch tickets, which was grand. And then same day I booked a hotel in um, Germany and it was 180 euro for four nights for two of us. Ah, rewind, rewind, rewind. 180 euro for the four nights or per night? For four nights. People at work wouldn't believe it, so I showed them my actual booking. 175 euro for four nights in Berlin City. And believe it or not, lads, that included breakfast. Yes, yes, yes. That's insane. And and same day as I booked the tickets, I booked the hotel and I booked the flights. The flights were 200 euro return for two of us. So I actually paid 600 euro for the flights, accommodation and a ticket. And this wasn't yeah. just for one night to fly into a gig and fly, fly home. You stayed in Berlin no, for no. four nights, both if of you. Stay, yes, we stayed in Berlin for four nights, yeah. And uh, the hotel was direct on the metro line to the Olympia Stadium in Berlin. Got there, took us 20 minutes. Back from the gig, 20 minutes, half an hour, we were in back in hotel. I just can't believe it. And the gig of Coldplay was the best gig I ever seen. And why is it so different and so hassle-free? 
to go and see a gig in Berlin get great value yeah, on the ticket price incredible value in the hotel four nights for yeah. for 180 euro for both of you both of you getting breakfast yeah. as well you wouldn't yeah. get a hotel for one night here and you certainly wouldn't get breakfast I know and that's why I'm kind of considering now they don't play in Berlin this year but they play in Düsseldorf so I'm kind of really thinking go back to Germany Girl, to see them for cheaper if you can get that kind of value and get a holiday out of it at the same time then you should go for it yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I'm going to try to buy tickets Friday morning, and if I won't get there for the price, like 110 euro, I probably go to back to Germany. Okay, well, you've done it before, yeah. so you know the drill. Let me know how it goes for you tomorrow yeah. on Friday, will you? <laughs> I will, yeah. That's insane. Thank you, Maria. Kira Revens joins me in the studio. Did you hear that? I don't know, because yes. you were... Do you hear the ticket prices she got and everything? And that's incredible. So yeah. she got two tickets for um, Coldplay in Berlin for 108 euro each she got the hotel for four nights including breakfast for the two of them for 180 euro all, all in, in everything That's amazing. and she got return flights at Ryanair for both of them for 200 euro she was on yesterday where you were on Ticketmaster and she was top of the queue 938 euro per ticket yeah I got offered two tickets yesterday for 987 euro and 85 cent per ticket two grand then uh, yeah essentially you do get to meet the band apparently with that ticket but um, well, I don't want to meet the band, band. I just want to go, go to the gig you want to go on tour with them for that kind of money <laughs> I want to be taken out to dinner first by Chris Martin absolutely go away for a weekend with the band or whatever so was that a VIP ticket then in the sense that all of the other ones were gone is it this was an enhanced experience ticket so you had the option yesterday of choosing enhanced experience or like normal ticket um, I eventually got in after over two hours to the enhanced ticket and that is what it came back to me with 987 where were you euro. in the queue I, I started the my queue yesterday at 112,273 <laughs> so straight away there's I too was many never people getting that, in exactly never getting in now I did have a preference of the Friday I was I was picky uh, in that I liked that gig the most um, and that is what I eventually ended up getting tickets to through my boyfriend who managed to get them through he was doing the same college. thing he was doing the same thing okay, what, yeah. ca- what price were those tickets uh, 111 euro for two standing tickets grand that's absolutely fine I think that's that's fair enough for a Coldplay gig it's a tremendous experience but could it be done any better I, I think that it could because I mean all this pre-sale now is very clever it's causing massive hysteria I'm currently in the, the queue for the Friday one for uh, on the MCD promoters pre-sale at the moment and I'm uh, where am I in the queue right now I'm uh, down to uh, 12,499 and there's no way there's that amount of tickets available you're talking probably about 10% What's yesterday for uh, 80,000 why, why wouldn't you get one if you're 12,000 in the list? Well, because it's not even general sale today so this is another pre-sale so you're talking about 10% to tickets yesterday another 10% tickets today why don't they just announce a date for the gigs announce a date for the ticket price this ticket sales and they sell the tickets yeah I don't think really that they should be giving out codes to everybody who registers because it's just not fair then you're spending hours in a queue you're getting nowhere um, they're going up for ridiculous prices and it's just causing a bit of hysteria and straight away then you find um, Dutch based uh, reseller Ticket Bond offering upper tier seating for 410 euro for a face value ticket of 48 euro. Yeah, and that's what they they are trying to stop that. That's a whole lot of things that were going on with the Taylor Swift concert and and doing like the staggered thing and How do they do that though, the resellers? Like there's another example of it here this morning in the Star that says a seated ticket face value 168 is up on a reseller for 819. That is insane. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's yeah. crazy. And, and they haven't even passed. got those tickets yet. Like, people do not have their tickets in their apps or anything like that. They've not made, been made available yet. Yeah, so David Kent was telling me from the examiner, two things could happen here. One, it's a legitimate ticket. You send the money and you never get it. Mm-hmm. Secondly, it's a fake ticket. You send the money and you do get it, but it's fake. Yeah. So you take your chances in that world. It's, it's a massive gamble. I, I, like, I mean, I think most people would be wise to it, but when you're vulnerable and you really want to go to something, particularly with Taylor Swift, there's a lot of parents that want to disappoint their children. That's you worse know? now, Taylor Swift, because you would have parents buying for kids, not as much for Coldplay perhaps, but certainly for Taylor Swift. 100% for Taylor Swift. And that's why people were paying ridiculous amounts for tickets as well, because they were saying, look, that's all that's available. I don't want to let them down. Like you can kind of talk to yourself and you can ra- you know, rationalise Difficult to talk a kid out of it. Although I did talk with some a mother on the air last week whose son or whose daughter told her ma'am don't buy them it's yeah. not worth it which is look that's great that's, that's fabulous parenting that's going on there are so many parents with, with guilt who are like I don't want to let them down they're dying for this experience they're hearing of their friends going there's three gigs in the Aviva there's a fair chance that they're going to be sitting back in school in September with classmates who are going and they're not Ticketmaster are a big international company. They're a worldwide company. Their system should not be freezing or crashing. <laughs> I got the error page several times yesterday. When I first went into it, I got the swirly circle for a long time. Then I got the error page on a couple of times. Like, you know, when you go join the waiting room, nothing happening, crashing out. Like, if you refresh the page, you were in big trouble. You're, like, kicked back to the start in many instances. Well, we had a texter this morning on Breakfast, Shane, who was number one in the queue, right? So you think, I'm next up here. Obviously, some sort of glitch. Gone kicked out back to the start at number one at number one having waited for how long he said he'd been on with a couple of work colleagues for the morning do you think that bands like this kind of hype uh, Firstly, do, are they aware of it and do they like it? I think this is just the way that ticket sales have gone like do you know when people used to be camping outside HMV and Golden Discs and Merchants Key that's how you got your tickets sent now it's you're in you're in work you're in the office you're in a group situation like I actually Secretly, kind of enjoyed the bit of crack yesterday trying to get in. Get the really? You never, I did. But you never get those hours back, but you enjoyed it. Yeah, well, I did. Well, I'm still doing my other bits but and bobs. But I'm just saying, is it all created to hype up the bands and hype up gigs? Of course it is. We're all talking about it. It was one of the top trending things on Twitter yesterday. And they're not even good, Coldplay. Oh, Neil! Neil Prendival, take it back. They're all depressing songs, though, about how tough life is and how much I love you and I miss you and I'm sorry. They're not all depressing. Aren't they? No, and you know what? They mask it lovely at this gig. I I spoke to somebody yesterday who said Everybody with their little lighters and their candles holding them up. Ah, there's slashing lights and everything and they put balls on top of the audience and everything. It's great crack, Neil. Everything's yellow. Come here. Do you want to come with me? No. Be washing my hair. Uh, but no, I'll tell you what I would do. I saw, I, saw, yeah. I saw a video yesterday. I was in the barbershop on the Douglas Road with my pals there. Uh, and they show these YouTube um, video channels. Stevie Wonder with Sting doing okay. How Fragile You Are. And I was watching Stevie Wonder at his age. And I was thinking, and he's falsetto. Like he can do all sorts of different range of vocals. And I said, oh my God, I would give anything to see this man in concert. Stevie Wonder. Yeah. Now, you wouldn't compare Stevie Wonder with Coldplay. Not in my book, anyway. No, you wouldn't. But, like, I mean, I'm sure that going to see Stevie Wonder would be absolutely amazing, okay? It would be phenomenal. But the thing that Coldplay do is very different than what Stevie Wonder does. Coldplay give you a whole experience. These are songs that you've been listening to for, like, maybe over 20 years in some instances, right? You've got the light show. You're involved in it. Like, there's energy. There is fireworks. Stevie Wonder is a musical experience. Coldplay is a like a thing for your whole okay. senses. I spoke to somebody who said yesterday they've seen Coldplay live three times 
And this is the kind of band that when you're on your deathbed, right, <laughs> you are going to go, I was at that gig. So they are on my bucket list, Neil, and I have no qualms about it. you hear it. the sound of me reversing out of this? The <laughs> beep, 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 beep. You're sorry you took me on now, Neil. <laughs> well, actually, I could just say I was winding you up, Revens. Oh, well, I was it winding you up. It All right, well, listen, um, good luck then. Uh, you have them, but you're going to go again to. Friday or I'm, what? I'm trying again now for, like, I only have two tickets for Friday. Uh, I really want to uh, get my sister along with me as well. Uh, so uh, what am I in the queue now? Come so? here, you're, you're a friend of Kian Ducrow, aren't you? Yes, well, well, I'm counting us as friends now. I'm not sure he'd feel the same, but I absolutely love him. Any chance you him. get him into my studio here for a chat? Well, he's playing Cypress Avenue next I know. week. And that was my next question. I'm yeah. plagued for people trying to get on the guest list. Or any, any, can you pull any strings with Kian, get a few people on the guest list? Well, I've got my two tickets. <laughs> I'll go on. I'll put them on sale there now for €987.85. Yeah, you need to go into cents. politics. You're great at avoiding questions. Anyway, off you go. Thanks, Off for a lie down after an early start. Kira Revens, back to the phone lines we go. Uh, Lorraine, good morning. Good morning. Thank you for holding. Um, two tickets, yay or nay? Yay. No. <laughs> Sorry. We did try yesterday. Um, we were up early and we tried and it was a disaster of a day. We gave in at three o'clock. Go away. So we, uh, there was myself, my mother and the two boys and we joined the queue. They were up for the, the boys got up at half seven and they got in fairly fast. They were, I think they were 36,000. And when we got in, it was 900 and I think 87 um, for two tickets. So no. So then they announced that's the, another... That's the enhanced experience, perhaps. Yes, where you, that's you all get they to, were offering us. Is that where you meet yeah. the band? Yeah, now we only wanted standing tickets, um, Neil. So, um, yeah, you didn't want to meet the band, you just wanted to go to the no. course, though. Yes, of course, yes. yeah. And um, so we, we came out of that and we joined the Sunday one. And when we got to number one, it crashed and we had to rejoin. And we rejoined and it crashed. And then I just could not do any more. You got and to number up. one, it crashed. Number you one, got kicked everybody out was re- roaring. <laughs> and you rejoined and over 100,000 ahead of you. Yeah, and we got, yes, and it crashed twice and we gave up. So it was a disaster. So look, we're going to try again maybe Friday um, just to get the 100 euro tickets, you know. I know. But it was just such a waste of a day. It was a disaster. And, you know, the two boys were so disappointed and I just thought they could have really done things better, maybe. Or I, you had three phones on the go at one stage, three of yeah. them. So you were trying yeah. three times harder than you're expected yeah. to try and still no result. Oh, Neil, honestly, I never experienced anything like it. But it they, was absolutely outrageous. But they might surface, though, you know. You know the way they do when things settle down. They will. I said that to the boys. I said, lads, it's a year. You know, we'll get them. I'll get them somewhere or another. But um, I just never experienced anything. I thought they could have done it so much better. Yeah, I agree with you. And many would. Yeah. There's got to be a simpler yeah. solution to this. Absolutely. Yeah. And All it was right. such a waste of a day. You know? Jesus, we we got nothing done. Nothing to <laughs> and show for it. we were all it. in the kitchen and nothing to show for it even at the end, you know. I know. But I look, know, you I know, know, I'm sure many had the same experience, you know. But um, it was, it was really disappointing, to be honest. All right, let me get some texts on it. Do come back if you get lucky on Friday, Lorraine, all right? Look I will, after of course. Yourself. Take care. <laughs> Thanks, Neil. Some texts. I think a lot of people clicked on the enhanced experience option as that was the first option. But that's essentially VIP packages people were clicking on. 
I got mine for €111 seated, but it was very confusing the way Ticketmaster did it and I was kicked out of the queue numerous times. Um, Another person texts saying, why do people panic buy? It's crazy. There will be tons of tickets available days and weeks before the shows at face value. Um, Things always come up and people cannot, when people cannot attend, and they sell. I've never gotten a ticket to anything I've ever wanted to see. Uh, My two sons are looking to go next year, and I know that I know that I will get my hands on a pair before the show. I'm 100% certain of this. Well, sounds as if you're manifesting the idea. My partner got tickets, €260 each for Sunday's gig. Platinum tickets. It's my Christmas and birthday uh, present, apparently, he tells me. And he only queued for four hours. Only four hours? Somebody else says, I managed to get both Friday and Thursday tickets, but possibly because I booked from Spain on a Spanish phone. So it wasn't on the same network as everyone else and mine never crashed. Um, an absolute SHIT show as usual with Ticketmaster would be great to find out how many pre-sale codes were given out. The only tickets I could access after five hours of trying were €260 Euro each, not including charges. Also, the amount of people who registered and were offering their codes to other people was ridiculous. Please, don't register unless you genuinely want uh, tickets. Just a fast one on WhatsApp. Uh, Jess, good morning. Hi Neil, how are you? You got um, two different gig tickets, did you? I did, I did, and apparently I was saying there to researcher, I'm haunted by all accounts after looking up afterwards all the different social medias and things like that. I know I, I, I didn't get them easily. To be fair, um, I did experience the glitches that everybody else had, but I managed to get four for the Friday for myself. And then there was people on the family group and things were really frustrated. So I said, I'll try and go back in maybe an hour later, half an hour later, maybe. And I got four more for a cousin of mine for the Monday. Uh, oh, yeah. So what'd you pay for them? Oh, my own. But they were actually the same. My own were, I got four. And between all the taxes and fees and everything like that, 166 each. So both gigs, same price, no problem. Lower Hogan stand, off Same price, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, um, yeah, I'm haunted by all accounts, like yeah. haunted, and like even I have a few different WhatsApp groups going. A few girls that I play football with and stuff, they're still online this morning with the MCD uh, pre-sale, trying to get trying to get anywhere into the queue. Um, I just think they they obviously oversold the the pre-sale code. They obviously give out too many pre-sale codes, thousands upon thousands. So much so that I'm told here by text that the Friday tickets are already all gone. Yeah, I think the Friday and the Sunday now might be gone as well. There's a page on Insta, Dublin Concerts and Tickets, and she's really on the ball with kind of keeping everybody up to date with things like that. But um, I have to say, I didn't experience as much um, of the issues as uh, obviously the whole country. I wonder why. I mean, you just got so lucky in the sense that, okay, you got the Friday ones and you said, I'm going to have another go and you got the Sunday ones. I did. And to be fair now, uh, we have a family group on the go and on Messenger and there was about 10 of us, we'd say, getting the tickets. All had our own logins for Ticketmaster. We all had our own pre-sale codes. Two of the codes that my cousins were saying they wouldn't accept. Um, and then when I went back in for my, my own cousin, I got four uh, for him with his pre-sale code and I got them no problem. As well so, as your own? You know, as well as my own. Yeah. So you I got one day like for a, him and Friday. You made out like a bandit. So... I what, absolutely for, did. For someone who's listening, what is the purpose of a pre-sale code? Well, I don't think it worked this time around and I, I'm not a big Taylor Swift fan, so I don't really know what way that way, that, that, the way that they did that whole debacle worked either. But I think the pre-sale code should be given out to people who buy a lot from Ticketmaster. You know, when you log in and you buy a lot and you're genuinely a music fan or something, they gave them out to everybody. Everybody who registered. 
they gave a pre-sale code. Should, is there even going to be any tickets left for but Friday? But if, if they did that then, no, well, they're saying here, tell Kira Evans and everybody else to forget the Friday tickets as I got in 30 minutes yeah. ago and all the tickets were gone. So tell me about, because um, you've seen them already in May in Manchester, Coldplay. I did, yeah. So I did. a while ago, Maria, Maria did uh, really well by going to and spending four nights in Berlin. Uh, everything, four nights, he, hotel, he tickets, yeah, flights, she did. 600 euro. Yeah, no, it wasn't that cheap for us now, to be fair. And I don't know, was it just that it was the UK? Was it the pound? I'm not sure. But uh, all in all, in May, myself and my husband, we paid 1300 for the whole trip. Flights, accommodation and uh, the tickets themselves. And that's outside of spending money, the sterling, everything like that. But worth every single Okay, but how many nights accommodation was that? So it was, let me think, Anna, we went for three nights accommodation. Uh, the, was it the three? I think three or four, three, three nights accommodation, flights to Manchester, which were the most expensive part from Cork to Manchester with Rainer. That was the most expensive part. The tickets were cheaper okay. than the flights. Okay. What were the concert um, tickets? The, How much? The concert tickets, we paid 300 and odd uh, euro for them. So what are you saying? 150, 150. between the sterling and things like that. Yeah. Okay. So okay. that's fairly bog standard. The, the flights were 430 euros from Cork to Manchester. Ryanair. Ryanair, yeah. Oh. They obviously bumped up. Like, yeah, Why would they, they do that? Up. Do they know that... God only knows. Yeah. Oh, Neil, the amount of Irish people at that concert was frightening. Frightening. You're, you're a serious fan then? Serious fan. I love them. Yeah, yeah they're no, brilliant. No. It is the show of a lifetime. You've ne- you'll never see anything like it again. All right. Okay. Ever. Okay. Well, listen, you got your tickets. Enjoy the gig. I'll be there with yeah. bells on. I will. I will. Are Thank you, you so much. Are you going back in again to try and get more? No, I'm done. I actually got an MCG code as well and I sent it to, actually it's funny you mentioned now Spain while ago I sent it to a friend of mine in Spain who's trying to get tickets. I haven't heard anything from her yet so I'm not sure if she's been successful but I do know um, secondhand of somebody in Cape Town yesterday who logged in and got tickets. No problem. It's very funny you say that because you mentioned Cape Town. Somebody else mentioned that they also got them overseas and a third person says I logged in at 10 o'clock. I was 110,000 in the queue but I never gave up. I was going for three hours got the tickets for 156 euro I wonder does it help that I'm on holidays in Santa Ponza amazing isn't it isn't yeah it? amazing but Cape Town yesterday logged in straight away got I think two, two or four tickets no problem okay no problem okay. that wasn't on the Irish Ticketmaster though you see I doubt it no yeah. I doubt it but you yeah. see you said it yourself a while ago Ticketmaster is worldwide and it's a shocking system for a worldwide system alright okay congratulations well done thanks Jess thanks so much uh, thanks Amel cheers you're listening to the number one talk show in court the Neil Prendeville show it's the best in Cork on Red FM if you're trying and trying with regards to the pre-sale tickets you probably know this already but perhaps you don't but MCD have just announced that uh, pre-sale allocation of tickets for Coldplay have sold out due to un precedented demand and the final tickets whatever amount there is of them the final tickets go on general sale this Friday at 10am but the pre-sale tickets are now all gone somebody said text I totally agree uh, Coldplay produce very depressing music literally I can't listen to them the minute a song from them is played I have to switch it off they literally leave me cold the name of the band is a good fit and somebody else says I wouldn't open my curtains to see any of them never mind paying to see them I have a brother-in-law used to say that about bands and we used to talk about music in the past and he said he had, two, he had a garden on two levels, upper and lower. One was called the Sunken Garden. He says, if they were down the Sunken Garden, I wouldn't go down to see them. But I think if I play this, I'm going to lose, lose at least one listener. The texter who says, every time I hear them, I have to turn it off. So goodbye to one listener for the next three minutes. Now, the Neil Prendeville.
Frienderville Show, Red FM. Text 0868104106. We got texts as well as calls on the way. Uh, a lot then on uh, Coldplay. Just a few more before I move on. And good luck to you. Um, the pre-sale ones are are gone, but you'll have as good a chance as anybody else, I suppose, on Friday. Six hours awaited in each of the different four queues, only to be told it was sold out. Ticketmaster are very bad. It kept kicking me out of the queue or crashing. I think you're thinking I was a robot and I wasn't, and I had to start from the start, back to the end of the queue. Uh, the web layout was very, very bad. Ticketmaster needs a competitor. Also, scammers will try to sell the tickets that they bought closer to the date. It's very annoying when you've been waiting to see them and it's sold out, especially when people buying tickets or buying them for the purpose of reselling and selling them on. Yeah, never a truer word. Um, somebody else suggests that uh, people have more money than sense. Another one, my son paid €650 Euro for two tickets after waiting in the queue for six hours. It is a total rip-off. Um, with the fourth concert announced, I fear this may be the new Garth Brooks fiasco, says somebody else. And there are loads of people talking about Coldplay this morning and lots more besides, so I will uh, come back to it. But let's go back down to the land of wonder down under. We started out in Sydney. Uh, the uh, show has now moved on to Perth. And the third match will be Brisbane. You know, I was talking with Sean Reedy, our man in Oz. He works with the uh, uh, the breakfast show as a producer with Dermot and Dave in the morning. He's just recently been into the Mighty Quinn Tavern, apparently, in Perth, catching up with a few of the locals. Let's have an aged. So who do I have here? Uh, Anya McCormick, Michelle McInerney. You've obviously made the trip over for this game specifically? We made a trip over for the three group games. So we came from Sydney, we're doing Perth, and then we're doing Brisbane. How has your trip been so far? What way have you worked it? Uh, fantastic. We, we flew straight into Sydney, and then we came after the Sydney game for Perth for five nights, and then we're going to head to Brisbane. Weather hasn't been great now. It's very typical Irish weather. Well, we had a couple of nice days. We were lucky when we arrived. There's a few people arrived in the last day or two, and they were looking out there, and it's just like Ireland. So for yourselves, you're heading to the game tonight? Yeah, we're going to head down shortly now. Uh, we want to get there early. Again, we did the same in Sydney. We just enjoyed the build-up at the venue. It's fantastic, the atmosphere. Yeah. And what made you want to, to come out and, and, and all the way to Australia? It's, it's a big trip to do. Oh, it is, but it's all about supporting the Irish team, you know. Been here, getting the whole atmosphere, just taking it all in and just being part of the whole, the whole thing. Well, this is my first time coming to see them internationally and to come to Australia. I couldn't pass it up because it's a trip of a lifetime. Yeah, we've actually both been here before on two separate occasions, but only to Sydney. So at least now we're seeing a couple of different cities. So it makes it a bit better. And then if the Irish team qualify and they, and they maybe get out of the group, do you think you'll stay on or are you, <laughs> will, the bike, will the bike be telling you to come home? We're going to have to cry and go home because we've planned our trip and the three matches in the first group is what we're doing. So, unfortunately, but I pray to God they do get through so when we get back to Ireland, we can shout them on more. Perfect. Thank you so much, guys. Fair play Thanks, to Sean. Sean. And he was uh, doing a Vox Pop in the Mighty Quinn. He doesn't have much time this morning, but I stopped by for a quick chat, so I'll use the time wisely. Sean, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? I'm good. What's the crack in the Mighty Quinn? Is it a typical Irish pub or is what? What's it like? It's a typical Irish pub. I'll give you an example of some food that is on the, um, the on the menu here today. So they have bacon and cabbage as the, the special of the day. They have an Irish chicken curry and chips, which I suppose is, is different than what one you'd find in any other country. <laughs> and uh, there's, a, there's a few other delicacies as well. There's a roast beef on the menu. So if you can think of it, it's a, it's a home away from home for the people in Perth here. Yeah, the bacon and cabbage sounds nice. I recently had it, but the <laughs> chef decided to put broccoli and ca- carrots on the plate. Who puts broccoli and carrots on bacon and cabbage? But, but anyway, what's, what's Perth like by comparison to Sydney? 
Well, one thing I would tell you about Perth is it's up, it's very, very wet. It's the wettest I've seen, uh, wet, wettest weather I've seen in a long time. It's so much so that last night that the hailstones were so bad, they were banging off the bedroom window that we were staying in, so it, so it did wake us up. So I can tell you one thing now. I don't know if it's similar to GAA, the condition suits certain teams and certain teams better, but I'll tell you right now that if there's a, if, if, if conditions, if wet weather suits the Irish players, we're probably, or hopefully we're into uh, in for a good night because the weather here for the last three days has just rained torrentially non-stop. So we're hoping that that playing in these kind of wet, harsh, soggy conditions, that it will just give the Irish team a bit of an advantage heading into it, into the game's right, because obviously, you know, they're Canada, Canada are in the middle of their a very hot summer, so, you know, the conditions of playing in weather like this might just suit the Irish people a bit more. You're a total optimist, my man. Fair play to you. So typical <laughs> Irish weather for the match then. It's ten past six there where you are. So that's so we have a couple of twelfth men, if you like. The weather is one of them. And I was reading the papers yeah. this morning that Canada's been warned that the home crowd will be supporting the Irish. Yeah, and, and you know what? So I was talking to one of the people uh, at the ground yesterday, just walked down for a bit of a look around before the game kicks off. And they were saying out of all the games that are taking place in this stadium in Perth, the Irish fans for tonight's game have the highest percentage of tickets sold for any game in this stadium. So that's a huge advantage that the Irish will have tonight. Because obviously in Sydney, the crowd was probably 60-40. Now, there was still a huge Irish crowd there. And there was obviously 80,000 people inside of the stadium. But tonight's stadium, a little bit smaller. Much smaller, Sean. Like, it's much, much smaller. 18,000. <laughs> 18,000, so it doesn't even get up to the heights of Parky Cueve, but still, it's, um, it's, 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 it's going to be, I think, it, it, it imagine, what I would imagine is like it's going to be one of those pressure cookers for Canada tonight. If you have a huge Irish crowd there, a small stadium, quite packed, you'd be hoping that it comes up to like, like the Tallis Stadium does when the Irish women team are playing yeah, there, yeah. and the pressure just gets too hot for Canada. Yeah, yeah. You must be having the trip of a lifetime, though, are you? I'm having the trip of a lifetime if the weather was a bit better because every time we have an activity booked or something to do during the day, it always gets cancelled since we've got to Perth because of the the weather. Now, we're told that Brisbane, the weather there is a little bit better. So I'm hoping that once we finish up in Perth after after Friday, that when we head to Brisbane, we finally get some of this Australian sunshine that I'm hearing so many... You know, Irish people, when they talk about the weather, and the weather in Australia is one of the pull factors. Well, you know, the weather, the way the weather's been the last couple of days, I, I've, I've been half tempted to book a flight home. But if Ireland win, get out of their group and keep progressing, quarterfinals, semifinals and finals, will you and the show stay there for the duration? <laughs> no, I don't think the money man would let that happen. No, um, we're, 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 only here for, we're only here for the group games. Um, so uh, we're only here for the for, for the three groups. But you'd never days. know, now, though. Am, you'd never know. Well, I I am staying on an extra week for a holiday. So, <laughs> you know, Neil, if you want to pay me to stay on to report on for you, I'll happily do that. <laughs> well, we work for the same company. I don't know. Do you think that they pay out? I have no idea. <laughs> I'll put in a word for you. Anyway, um, are you are you doing any predictions? Like Rory from our own sports team here this morning is saying a draw, a draw will do, particularly a one-all well, draw, you know, something like that. You know what I was thinking there, right? If you look at the way the Canada-Nigeria game went, that was a 1-0 draw. And that's after opening up the group. So if Ireland can scrape any sort of result, it all comes down to the last game. 
I just think the conditions here in Perth, I can't explain how wet and cold it is. It feels like a February night in Dublin. And I just think conditions here will so suit the Irish team that I wouldn't be surprised. And with the fans on their side as well, I wouldn't be surprised if we can just nibble and nab a 1-0 win. Well said, kid. Fair play to you. Have a great day today, Sean. Thanks for stopping by. Thank Appreciate it. Sean Reedy, our man in Oz. He's producer with Dermot and Dave uh, on Today FM. Kick off 1 o'clock today. Back after the break. You're listening to Court's Number one talk show. I just think he's a brilliant interviewer. The Neil Prenderville Show on Cork's Red FM. Thanks, Claire. She just sent me the uh, Paddy Power odds on tonight's match. Unfortunately, it doesn't look good for Ireland. Canada are favourites four to six on. So the Canadians are favoured by the bookies. Ireland are five to one. But listen, I'm not encouraging people to gamble or to bet. But at five to one, if there is a chance, they're not bad odds. If you wanted to maybe try it out, but it's eleven to five on the draw. So the Canadians, the favourites. Thank you, Pat. You're absolutely right. The weather isn't great in Australia because it's their winter at the moment down there. Um, and uh, maybe our summer, our summer, our summer is a bit like winter a lot of the time, isn't it? Anyway, uh, a lot of different texts. So we were talking earlier on about uh, the abuse that Claire Byrne puts up with on uh, her social media or just in general. In fact, at one stage in the article, she was talking about that she was, all, she was out, Claire Byrne was out walking with some family members, um, some children, and some woman out of the blue just came up to her and said, my God, people really hate you on social media, don't they? Um, and our kids heard this woman saying that. I mean, you need to think before you say things like that. It's very upsetting, I'd imagine. But anyway, that was the, one of, that was, seems to be one of the main reasons that Claire Byrne turned down, um, the late, late show gig, uh, because it did, she didn't want the ramp, to ramp up the haters or the trollers even more. But I also mentioned Katja Mia, who uh, co-presents on Ireland AM, who gets racist abuse and recently got it from a bunch of kids on the Lewis. Uh, Eileen says, I tuned into Ireland AM for a few minutes uh, yesterday morning and heard Mirren uh, O'Connell and her co-presenter Katja Mia mocking the Cork accent. Katja is the woman who, as you said this morning, had racist comments made to her and publicised it in the media today. So how is it okay for her to mock the Cork accent? I was hurt listening to both of them and I will not tune in to Ireland AM again, says Eileen. Now, thank you for that. Um, I would like to hear that audio, incidentally, if it were possible, just to see, because sometimes that could be called slagging and we're great for no slag ourselves. So sometimes we should need to be able to accept the slag. I'd like to hear the audio because it would be good to say to, to hear what kind of an effort they give or make with regards to taking off the Cork accent, Murren and Kaja. Now, Eileen says mocking. I would hope that it was more of slagging than mocking. Uh, I would like to make a comment on the payments that the government makes to social welfare as regards to the cost of living. The system of money paid off your domestic bills is great. But I don't think giving people payments of up to 200 euro along with social welfare is good thing at all. Some of them won't spend it in the right way. And unfortunately, a lot of families with children are not seeing the benefit of it. Spending it on the wrong things like drink or drugs does not benefit the family nor children. They need to make sure it's going the right way. So that's the text with me saying that part of the budget will involve people getting more um, uh, energy credits probably three 200 euro credits across the winter. But another will be a double payment on one week, a double payment of social welfare. Um, listen, we were talking about girls taking up sport and I was chatting with the lads earlier on about women's soccer. Neil, Everton AFC, which covers Lehenamore and Toker, are currently recruiting for our girls' academy. 
So get people to contact our Facebook play page, please. Thank you. So anybody that's interested as a teen or a young person or even a preteen, obviously, that would like to play uh, girls soccer, um, then you should get onto the Everton AFC Facebook page. And I address that to parents as well. Um, on the abuse that members of Angarda Shikona have to put up with, uh, I can't wait for the body cameras. Then you'll see what your buddies, the Gardaí, are really like when videos are released. They're all on power trips. They proved that during COVID with the way they treated people. It's no wonder I've lost confidence in them. I'd like to know how you feel the Garda Shikona uh, treated people during COVID. So do come back to me on that text um, and the power trips that you describe. To the best of my knowledge during COVID, members of Garda Shikona were actually doing what they were told and instructed to do. Uh, and I think we learned a lot, and I would imagine that even those within Angarda Shikona that made some of those decisions, which they got from central government and the HSE, probably if their time over, they wouldn't have done as much as they did. You might be referencing people calling to houses, perhaps. But a lot of these, of course, were um, very, very big house parties that were going on at the time. We know an awful lot more now than we did then. Uh, the guards should have body cams and tasers and take a zero-tolerance approach to criminals and the government should be supporting them 100%. Every public service in this country is collapsing but costing more to run. Something is seriously wrong with this country, says Alan. Lots of people then coming back in uh, on the likes of, uh, of Coldplay. I may come back to some of those texts. Crime in this country has risen since we opened our borders to more foreigners. But anyone who commits a crime should be horsewhipped. The Irish do-gooders in this country have a lot to answer for. Bring back corporal punishment. Uh, the Irish government should warn the Irish going to America, like the Irish, like the Americans are being warned going to Ireland. The Irish government should warn the Irish going to America that there's a great chance if you go to America that you will be shot says Mal. Uh, Gardaí should have batons and guns. It's an absolute disgrace what they have to put up with. And somebody else suggesting with regards to minor crime uh, stop child benefit for any minors with convictions problem solved. Hit the parents in the pocket. One other one here. It's like the Irish government advising citizens not to travel to all Liverpool games because of what happened to Sean Cox. Um, uh, Simon Mastrelli pleaded guilty at, uh, to uh, attacking Sean Cox, the 53-year-old who was left with brain injuries before Liverpool paid Roma, in, in the sense that what would be the point of warning? Well, I'm, I'm not saying that they should or shouldn't um, engage in warnings, but that's what the Americans have done. The U.S. Embassy has warned American citizens to proceed with serious caution. They give them a long list of do's and don'ts, uh, a long list of do's and don'ts, uh, Irish tourists, particularly in Dublin City. Uh, and just one or two more, in my opinion, um, the problems we have involve a couple of factors. Yes, bad parenting but also drugs and alcohol and a lack of law and order enforcement by the Gardaí. I'm living in a North Cork town and at least three nights a week there is some sort of trouble. So much so we're getting rid of our doorbell camera because we're tired of the guards looking for video footage from us. Handing over footage puts me and my family at risk of retaliation. We got it for deliveries, not to help on Garda Shikona to do their job for them. Thank you for those texts. Back after the break, text 0868104106. Winner of two goals at the Emro Radio Awards 2022. The Neil Prendeville Show on Cork's Red FM. Neil, maybe you'd be happy if they brought in the new hate speech. Would you wake up, boy, will you? These stories about Claire Byrne and people like that are being pushed by media, including herself. You are digging your own grave if that hate bill is passed. Yeah, 
come up with challenges in the past. Nothing like this um, in the extremes of the hate legislation when it comes to broadcasting. But you know what? I powered on for many a decade and I hope to power on for another few years le- yet. Please God, touch wood and all that kind of thing. Okay, so to Eileen who says, I tuned into Ireland AM for a few minutes yesterday morning and heard two presenters, Murren and Katja, mocking the Cork accent. Uh, so I was saying that I'd be keen to hear it because I don't know whether it would be deemed as being mocking the Cork accent or slagging the Cork accent. Um, so let's have a listen. Um, this is a clip from what we're talking about yesterday on Ireland AM. Uh, the There was two Cork Pride people on being interviewed at the time, apparently, and their accents sent the presenters into fits of laughter. All right, have, have a listen to this clip. Just a big thank you to, to Rory and to Sinead in, in, in this amazing venue. Yeah, you know, and this is one so of the host venues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where can we find out more online, by the way? Corpride.com. Can you say it in a Cork accent? Corpride.com, Corpride.com, boy. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of fun here right across the weekend, guys. Back to you in studio. Corpride.com. <laughs> 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 yeah, you have to go higher if you do a Cork accent, boy. I will go once more. Let's have that again. No, I know. I am not doing Please, please, please. Corpride.com. <laughs> Only dogs never, never make me say that again. Still, still to come with the final hour. We are right. Have you told us off the dreamland? We round off the summer best reads from best authors: Captain Martin and Taylor Jenkins Reid. So oh. it's over on the Cat Rock Master Quiz Contest. See you after the break. <laughs> what was that about? I thought that was kind of funny. What Did was you? That? Yeah. Really. Yeah, because that like was just, that was just fifty seconds of hysterical laughter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they were just cracking themselves up. If like they're the, going to have a go, like have a decent yeah, go. But it, was, like, it wasn't even a go. Like your man interviewing the two people with Cork Pride, he was like getting them excited. He's like, "Say it in a Cork accent," and it was one of the Cork people that was yeah. like, "Oh, Cork Pride!" You so know? they were appalling attempts. I, exactly, they they did terrible attempts at the Cork accent, but they were, I don't know they were having fun. They Why were having are they a laugh. Infatuated with their accent because it's amazing, isn't it? Of course, they're just jealous. I, 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 Is it slagging or mocking? I, I think it's. I, I wouldn't be offended by. I mean, I'd be more offended by how unfunny it was as opposed to yeah, the actual content I'd be kind of, of the more action. mortified than anything yeah, else. Really, it, it sounded a bit like. Um, do you know if you go to like a wedding? And you meet people at the table, and you kind of just to break the ice. You're kind of laughing about anything. It doesn't really matter, but you just need to kind of. <laughs> oh, it's not really it's bad oh, enough being invited to a wedding. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was kind of infectious. Like their giggling was kind of making me giggle. I yeah, don't know, but it's not mocking. Though. No, nah. it, it wasn't mocking they, or they're slagging. Just jealous. They were all joining in because the cork person was the first person to do it in that big cork accent, yeah. and then they all. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's the snowflake generation. They're just just too easily offended. This uh, snowflake generation. It's, you know? it's not a patch how on getting. Eileen, um, Eileen yeah. how old are you by text, Eileen? Uh, you've been called a snowflake. Oh dear. That's another one gone. <laughs> we got one off with Coldplay. No, I hope the Coldplay listener came back. Yeah, I think they're just jealous. I mean, they are broadcasting out of a city where the American embassy has given a warning to tourists. <laughs> She's going hard there, Neil. Boom. Neil, with the, that match hasn't even kicked off, and Neil's already in with the two foot attack. Like yeah. Roy Keane. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so there you have it. Make up your own minds, guys. Was that mocking or was it slagging? Text oh eight six eight one zero four one zero six. Um, to more serious notes, this is far from slagging. The way that we treat our firefighters. Yesterday it had to do with Ballancolic Fire Station uh, and if that wasn't enough, the ongoing issues regarding retained firefighters. Actually, it's quite ironic that a lot of retained firefighters would actually like to have full-time jobs with, say, the councils, but they apply for those jobs, but they never get them. So even as retained firefighters, they do, a lot of them want to be full-time, but they're treated with um, disdain in the sense that they're not employed, and then as retained firefighters they're treated very bad. Um, But for the day that's in it today... Uh, there is a dispute 
and they are on strike. Uh, and just to find out exactly what that means, I could go to any one of the fire f- retained firefighters in different parts of the county, but I've chosen to go to Mallow Fire Station. The station officer there is Jonathan Madden. Uh, Jonathan, good morning. Good morning. How are you keeping? Good, my man. When we say on strike, what exactly is involved? Because it is an emergency service after all. It is. It is. It is. And I suppose at the end of the day, there's there's a code of practice there, and we're we're we have to follow that code of practice set out by both SIPTO and set out by management. So we are turning out all life threatening calls um, in the county and across the country um, from today, from last night at midnight was when it kicked in. Uh, we're obviously doing no training. We're kind of. We're, we're probably not using some equipment we should be using. We're doing it a different way. Um, and that's just being done around the country, I suppose. Look, we're, we're back again here where we were going back in June, you know. Um, it probably stems from a Labour court recommendation that came out and, and over 83% of the members across the country rejected us. Um, the recommendations just didn't go far enough, Neil, on the retainer to deal with the recruitment. To let, me just, let, let me just mention that, if you don't mind, because the Labour yeah, Court did, the, the Labour Court did recommend uh, an increase of between twenty four and thirty two point seven percent. But you, it did, but on a on a very small figure, which is the starting figure for new people coming in, it's it's very uh, a big percentage is very uh, it doesn't really match it the doesn't small figure. So, so what kind of what kind of what yeah. kind of rates are we talking about, Jonathan? Uh, I, 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 you know, I won't go into rates to be honest with you because look, I suppose it's all kind of the retainer has to move to to make it in such a way that someone can can live off it, you know, and can actually and, the, and you because, can't because you're on, you can't, you know, yeah, you're on yeah. call twenty four seven, you're tied to the town, you you can't get employment really anywhere. Um, and you spoke about the council, which is kind of a, a very effective matter when we're in part of the same organisation, but we've had people that applied for jobs and they haven't got them there from the council. And it would be difficult. When, for an employer to commit to somebody knowing that they would, would have to leave very, at any time. Yeah, like you could be there you could be there now today and someone gives you a job to do and you've maybe something go out tomorrow and it has to be done for it and we've lads working in places here now, don't get me wrong, we're very grateful for the employers we have but there's times in when them people have to ask me, look, I need to stay, I have to stay at work on Thursday, I can't answer calls because we might have been busy all week yeah, and the pressure is on yeah. that person then they, yeah. they've often gone back in the evening. So we'd be very grateful for the employers you have Some but it's just getting harder yeah. and harder. Yeah, I know. And it's and very, yeah. it's very and hard. at the end know. of the day, you're in the game of saving lives and it's, uh, it's an interesting scenario that we have a country that has retained firefighters that not all of them are full-time because God yes, knows we need it, them. You know, um, and it's just like, Neil, I'm 23 years in the job and I've just seen in the last 10 years the graph has just gone down like in my own station alone we should have 12 we're operating with 9 with probably with the bones of a year and a half um, we possibly might have some might have a, a new person ready to start with us but every campaign we got one person the last time they came they never turned up for the interview yeah I can you quote know? you on that actually you said it's a big concern the fire service is on its knees recruitment has never been so bad yeah. there's no attraction in the job there are no benefits so the one person that you were interested in hiring didn't even rock in to chat no no, so they obviously just thought about it more, you know, we've had open days, we had an open day one weekend and like, you know, you think you get some people might come in just to have a look, you know, even have a look, see what goes on inside there. We had about two people came in, that was it, 
you know. Because they and probably realise how hard the job is, that they have this beeper, that they're literally that it's, it's locked basically in. You're, you're locked in. It's like COVID. Look, it's, that's probably the most simplest way to explain it. We cannot leave two and a half kilometres of the town. If we have to, we've get, we have to get permission to go. At this present moment, we've, we're down to nine staff because we should have 12 and we don't. So I have two lads on holiday. So it means we're down to seven. So I'm very restricted in, in who I can leave off after that unless there's a family emergency because I have to have a crew to go out and deal with an incident, you know, and that's at sometimes that's know. nearly impossible, yeah, you know. And yeah. I'm lucky to have a good, a good, a good bunch here and that gets stuck in. But it's just the goodwill is starting to to no, deviate away. Uh, and people said that, are getting fed yeah, up. It's with not it. that you don't yeah. love the job, but you just want to be treated no. properly. In fact, David O'Donovan over in Kinsale Fire Station said that if this doesn't get sorted, um, that more will actually leave. Oh, 100% Neil there's probably people waiting and look I'm heavily involved in the union for the county itself and around the country with lads as well and it's the same everywhere like there is 300 and vacanc- 350 vacancies at the moment they're looking to create 400 from the, the pay the deal they were offering that's 750 jobs but like there could be another 100 just walk away if they don't if this doesn't improve okay. so like you, you, you're you not going to be able to pluck out 750 people okay. to start and increase like they're all they're all probably offers that they're saying oh we're giving you this and we're going to give you that but there's nothing rubber stamped and, and look unfortunately I've been dealing with the union and dealing with management for a government and stuff for a long time promises won't put the food on the table for our members and that's the problem okay. we, they can't live off it and I just feel that if this keeps going like this there won't be a service here in time to come you know but we are turning out all yeah, just, wanna, just calls, a few more questions you, know? you, you say yes you are turning out for life threatening but what yes. are you not turning out for well at the moment we've just we've kind of been informed in the last few hours there that some ambulance calls may not be attended to we've just got this information through the ambulance service have contacted us through our colleagues that we know and they're getting messages to say that the fire service will not be turning out to certain types of medical calls to a system where we normally would because look the ambulance service is very busy as well and we often get called to maybe a lift for someone upstairs in a house and a cardiac arrest that needs to get out in a hurry or someone who has a fall and they need assistance for another feel, ambulance. How do you feel about about that though, that it could be oh, somebody. Very annoyed, very, you need, you need, very angered, you need a fire. You, know? you need the fire brigade to help somebody who's had a cardiac arrest. Yeah, like we, we go to a lot of ambulance assist calls and they would be cardiac arrest where they need a lift and they need it quickly to get that person out of the house because sometimes houses and apartments the access and stuff is very hard for people and you have an ambulance crew with two personnel there might be another ambulance available for 45 minutes so it's always been this well, we'll get the fire service there they'll rock up with a the crew they'll get everyone help them get them out we've often fell in and travelled in the ambulance to, to CUH to assist the ambulance service in many a way and I'm actually just very annoyed this morning when I, I got several messages off colleagues that I know in the ambulance service who have got have information from their line managers who obviously have got information along the line from the, from the fire service management you know yeah. that they will be not um, and this is not okay. look this is not going to help anyone you know but we will turn out to whatever calls were given but obviously if someone rings and the call isn't given to us we're not aware of that call you know because it goes to the control centre Limerick and they're they're instructed to do their job it's nothing against I know. the people it's just, you know, the, the, the more, the more stories well. that I cover the more I see that the country is really in need of um, I don't know it's, and again Neil 
I, I just heard it in the radio this morning about the Garda that they can't recruit, the ambulance service can't recruit. Like, there's something, there's a common denominator across the whole country here that no That's one wants I mean. to go into these it's jobs like anymore. It's chaotic in those you know? that really are needed, you know, and those that do such you know, great work. And, so when, you know, okay, so this will just go from day to day, is it, or is tomorrow another it's strike? It's more day? or less exactly, you know, it's, it's going day to day. Um, and we've, we've, we've started last night at 12 o'clock and we've been on the picket line there now this morning and there's great support from people passing and calling into us and just saying look gee, like how how come you're at this again and when you explain to people you know the money isn't it's part money but it's if they don't fix the money you won't fix the rest of the structure because you can't get people in so you can throw a lot of money at it and it's just not going you need to work to both both bases together, make it attractive, make it livable. Mm. That person can get a mortgage from it, and suddenly they say, "Oh, I, I, I might like that job because I can get a mortgage off it." Whereas at the moment, you can't get a mortgage off it because you had, you don't know what you're going well, to earn. You could have a, a you could have a guard and a nurse, or a guard and a teacher, married couple or whatever, you, with a combined salary of say eighty five grand, where they'd need a deposit. They couldn't afford a house. Yeah, and these are both just, paid by the Irish state. Yeah, it's ludicrous. You could have the, a, fi- thing, a full-time firefighter you know, and and uh, a teacher, and they couldn't do it. Like if you look at back in 2013, they they changed the pensions. You know, uh, I don't even get a pension in my job. I came in under a different term. Um, I don't get a pension. But the lads that are getting pensions now, they don't even know what the pension is going to be because we've got onto the management, who've got onto the local government management, who implement these and deeper, and no one can actually tell the person what they're going to get at the end of it. All right. You know, okay. It's, okay. it's just. And that's what's not attractive to people anymore. They're going to say, look, I'll go to Aldi's, I'll go to Lidl's, I'll go to a factory down the Striker or any one of these places and I know exactly what I'm getting at and I know Absolutely. exactly. I don't have to get up out of bed at three o'clock in the morning, tar the windscreen out in the car, drive down the road, you know, and not know what's facing you and then get up the next day and put a smile on your face to your family after going through something the night before well and said. just get on with it. Well said, so, Jonathan, well said. So just finally, this action hopefully will re- result in a positive reaction. We're hoping, yeah, we're right. hoping, Neil, okay. that, you know, because look, we don't want to be here, um, you know, we, we, we have people, you know, that are here, they're just here to, to, to put the fight and get it to bed and get this sorted once and for all, and like, we had an agreement when I joined the fire service 23 years ago, just two years kind of prior to 99, that way there was an agreement done, that was the last agreement, and that was never even, okay. like, this This all stemmed from the society changed, you know, things have just changed, and society have changed, and, and that, that's life, and that's the way things go, but the service needs to adapt to it. There's so much more we can do and in places that, that the fire service could do a lot more and this, this is stuff we put to the fire service across the country okay. is there's more we can do and then people can sustain and live a wage and get and, and secure the jobs in the fire service and don't have to look at anything else. You Doesn't know, sound like much to ask to me. Jonathan, thanks for taking the call. Thanks Jonathan very much Madden for your time. At uh, Mallow Fire Station. He's the station officer there. From one type of fires, of course, in firefighting uh, to another, I'm joined by Owen Corrie, editor of Air and Travel Magazine. Oh, and good morning. Good morning, Neil. John, these two different radio stations already this morning. Um, I mentioned places to you like, for instance, uh, just off the top of my head this morning, uh, Rhodes, Corfu, Crete, Sicily. That's what raging heat and fires. And then you have places like I heard yesterday, Lake Garda, where they have hailstones the size of golf balls. And over then in Milan, a storm ripping roofs off houses and uprooting trees. What's going on? Uh, all back to one thing, this uh, intense heat 
uh, hanging over mainly eastern Mediterranean, but uh, as you say, western Mediterranean as well, up to Cordoba, Ebra Valley, very bad heat at the weekend. Uh, tremendous heat, uh, fires, mountain fires, uh, out of control, uh, people losing their lives, and uh, the same heat has yielded the very spectacular thunderstorms that we saw. The thunderstorms have followed, yeah, yeah. Just move and around a little bit there, Owen. Who, who and where are people dying? Um, the worst is not even in the headlines, Neil. This is classic. I mean, the way modern broadcast media in Liverpool, someone from Liverpool has had their holiday cut short, is getting uh, priority. But the vast uh, majority of the deaths are in North Africa, Algeria, where 10 firefighters died in one incident. So it's 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 the way you know with your media and media the way it works is that um, the real drama is not it is getting mentioned but it's not really the headlines and the the focus on roads a lot of it has been on the evacuation there were about twenty five hotels evacuators uh, three of the resorts uh, about ten kilometres away from the fire most Irish people go to the north of the island very far an hour and a half drive away from the fire but nineteen thousand residents uh, were evacuated. That many of them lost their homes. So, you know, let's put everything okay, in well said. and yeah, not minimize yeah, yeah, what the yeah. local population are going yeah, through. Yeah, I hadn't been looking at it from that point of view, but you're absolutely right. I suppose my conversation with you was more in line of should people go on holidays? Will they get refunds? Will their flights be cancelled? There's a well, bigger story to this. For, yeah. You know? yeah, absolutely. You know? I'm here for and talk about travel. I talk about uh, normally palm trees and sand between your toes and things like that. But we are in a very serious situation. Oh, um, what, what's been happening in travel is that the Department of Foreign Affairs uh, sent out uh, advisory saying don't go to the affected area, which is worth diddly squat really for people who are worried about uh, the holiday that they've booked and are about to embark on. Um, the way that uh, the compensation system works, your right to your legal right to compensation depends on being told do not travel, do not go to that country. Or there's a high risk. There are four little different levels of it. High risk. Now that when that kicks in, you're now in the business where you can walk up to your airline and say, uh, "I have been told not to travel. Uh, I want to change my date or get my money back." What's happening at the moment is you're depending on the sympathetic ear. You're getting a sympathetic passengers are getting a sympathetic ear, particularly from the people, travel agents and tour operators who have control over the flights as well as the accommodation. Yeah, that'd be a TUI, but would you get that from Ryanair? Yeah, uh, TUI have been able to say, uh, and Aer Lingus uh, fly to Corfu, they don't fly to Rhodes. Um, they've been quite good at changing people around. Ryanair, not so much. Ryanair's big concession has been, if you don't have your ID, we let you on board. Yeah, uh, listeners will know how unforgiving they are on that, because the resorts that were evacuated uh, close to the fire in mid- the middle of roads, uh, so it's the south of roads. Um, some of them had to get out without their passport. But as it stands, there is no absolute legal right getting your money back and uh, or a change of date. So are and there still where, okay? And are there still Irish tourists and roads comes to mind staying in in the gymnasiums of local schools then? No, that was a weekend uh, event. The weekend we saw the uh, two, uh, some of the resorts um, evacuated. Now, the, the ones at Kiatar and Lardos, uh, there's a property, the Cosmos Maris, that some listeners would know, which is very popular with the Irish. That was down uh, close to the fire. Not that close to the fire, but the way these things work, your um, the resort was evacuated quite 
rapidly and probably in a less organised way than people would have liked. Um, but that is how the tourists were impacted. Gotcha. It was basically, yeah, yeah. this is wind direction, this is where the fire is, let's make sure our tourists are safe. And it was, uh, it was done because it was the right thing to do. Nobody's questioning that. And that's really generated the visuals that we're, we're getting. Now, there is a, a, an almost a disconnected, Neil, uh, tourism experience in roads and Falraki and places like that that people would be familiar with. It's an hour and a half drive away. It's, uh, it's, not, it's about two-thirds the size of Waterford County, the, the, county, the island of Rhodes. So it's not enormously big, but it is, a pos- it is that the fire is in one place, the tourists are in another, and that's really where the 700 Irish tourists have been. Okay. Uh, Mm. There, no, I mean, are, there are other issues, though, because of the heat and, you know, smoke and asthma. Well, well, one of those is, without counting across you, I'm hearing that Spain, Greece, Turkey and Italy, sea temperatures are in the high 20s and it's unsafe to swim in the sea. Yeah. Um, they're, they, it's like a hot tub they, or hotter. Yeah, the people's reaction to uh, the water, the warm water, and uh, the, you know, the yeah, there, there, there are there are all sorts of reasons for um, having your the, what you would expect from your holiday experience uh, disrupted by the immense heat. Tourists tend not to be uh, enormously affected. So, you know, when the local authorities get together, it tends to be the homeless, it tends to be the elderly, it tends to be people like that that they're dealing with in the crisis because if this heat wave is a crisis, uh, tourists tend to have alternatives, air condition comfort, sun yeah. avoidance, very good health advice, uh, mainly about hydration and avoiding the sun and factors and things and like is that. And is there any advice being given by the likes of your good self or even Department of Foreign Affairs or anything in regards to going on holidays to these destinations right now? And there is no, uh, it's continue on as normal. The cold front holidays for a reason. People are gravitating towards the heat. What we're seeing in the market mean is interesting. We're seeing a lot of anxiety. We've seen people coming in, some of them looking for date changes. We're not seeing that number of cancellations, except uh, when it got, uh, we ran into wildfire situation, uh, which tipped the scales a little bit for roads. Uh, let's hope for Corfu. Crete has wildfires. Uh, Sicily, a very interesting situation because the airports are affected. Um, Palermo was closed, closed yesterday. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Trapani is also not far from the line of fire for those wildfires. The airport is open, but getting to and from the airport um, can be a bit tricky. Some of those mountain roads are still closed. It doesn't help because Ryanair are great for fighting with people. They're fighting with Comiso Airport, pulled all their services from it. And uh, the other uh, airport in, uh, down in the south of the island had a terminal fire unrelated to the heat wave. So certainly we'll have a, uh, an air capacity issue if Palermo is closed mm-hmm. again. But, uh, you know, it's, it's getting to and from the island. First of all, problems really compared to what local population... Good, and that's where we started the conversation. Let us finish it there. But before I let you go, and thank you for all of the updates and the advice that you give, I have to ask you about this story regarding the American embassy warning American citizens to be on alert. Um, I won't go into all of the details of what they told them to be looking out for and what to do and what not to do in Dublin. This is bad news for tourism in Ireland, isn't it, when this, this kind of a message goes out? Bad news for tourism, we have an ongoing problem with policing in Dublin, city centre Dublin. We have a Garda presence problem. We've also had the Garda reactive situations. Young people I've been talking to have said that they aren't great when you are mugged. Uh, they tend to threaten to arrest sometimes the victim of the mugging. 
There is also, uh, that's a, a narrative which won't be very popular, and uh, but that's something that needs to play out if we're going to look at this seriously. But here's the really important thing, and it's plus Irish, a plus for Irish tourism. Uh, a tourist getting mugged dominates the news headlines and gets huge coverage. There are many cities in the world where a, tourism getting mugged, a tourist getting mugged is just another day in normal life. No, but not when the US Embassy is warning American visitors. This would be seen, this story, in every country in the world. And people will say, no, I don't think I'll go there if the Americans are warning people about being mugged or being uh, pickpocketed. Do you know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. Uh, the, the, that's, that's a point for our own popular and for our own morale and for our own approach to the problem that we keep that priority for tourists get, that tourists getting mugged is a, is a big story. We have got to uh, keep ourselves out of the cities that are rated as dangerous. And they would include uh, some of the European cities. It isn't usually, it's, a, it's, it's, it's a bit of a difficult when you're dealing with a Dublin is dangerous as a slogan. And you say, ah, yeah, but it's dangerous. And you have to go to a paragraph explaining it all. We need to make sure that our travel advisories are accurate and that we're not ranked uh, among those European cities where it's regarded as dangerous to go around at night, which are quite a considerable number of them. OK, thanks for taking the call. As always, Owen Corrie, editor of Air and Travel magazine. Just quickly, because I'll run out of time, but we have the most dangerous cities in the world in 2023. This is based on a murder rate per 100,000 inhabitants. So this is for murder, so it mightn't be the same if it was for assault, robbery, burglary, pickpocketing, harassment rape, sexual assault, this is for murder a place called Celaya in Mexico is number one, Tijuana in Mexico is number two Ciudad Llorez in Mexico is number four, in fact the top uh, one, two three, four, five, six on the list are all Mexican, followed by St. Louis in United States, then Mexico again, places like Brazil Cape Town actually just about gets into the top ten as the most dangerous cities in the world, Cape Town, South Africa Venezuela, areas of Brazil uh, back in the United States again, Kingston, Jamaica, back to Venezuela, Mexico and Brazil again. So many of them, the vast majority of the, the top 20 are South American. Uh, text 0868 One or two fast ones this side of midday and I'll give away some more family passes for tourist destinations. Charlie, good morning. Let me get my phone lines. Actually, I'll tell you what I do. Take an ad break, talk to my... Get it off your chest. Text the Neil Brinderville Show now. 086-8104-106. Right. Red FM. We're an hour and three minutes away from kickoff. The Ireland second game as they take on Canada. I want to go back down to Perth. Paul O'Leary and Kira Colgan joining me by phone. They are an item. I don't know if they're actually in the same place right now, but they're somewhere down around Perth. Kira. Hi. You're an, you're an item, as we say in Cork, but where are you? An item. Um, I'm in Perth. I'm actually sitting in the pub waiting for Paul to join me. Where are you, Paul? I'm just leaving work on the way in the car. All right. What pub are you heading to? <coughs> Paul, what pub are you? Kira, what pub are you in? Uh, we're in the we're in the Civic Hotel in Inglewood. All right. And are you going to watch the match there? Oh no, we're actually going to the game. It's only down the road from this um, bar. And there's a bunch of you going to the match from Cork, I think, is there? There is. There's eight of us going together. Kira, Paul, Ian, Laura, Jack, Michelle, Jerry, and Shauna all going. How long are you guys down there, living down there? Oh, God. We're here. Uh, four years. Four and a half years. Four years, yeah. I hear the weather there is shocking. It's your winter time. It's lashing, is it? Lashing. Lashing. 
It just it makes it feel more like home. I know, yeah. We don't envy the rain because we get enough of it here. So what's life like in Perth? Oh, well, we can't complain most of the time when the weather's actually half season. I hear you're coming home soon. Is that right? Um, are you getting Are you getting hitched next July here at home or something? <laughs> We are. That's it. Next That's July a big date next year. The big date back on Lee side. Where's the wedding? <laughs> it's in Kinsale. All right. Okay. July should be nice. I hope. Fingers crossed in Kinsale. But are you both? Are you both Paul? Are you both working down there and everything? We well, are. Yeah, yeah. I'm in car sales and Kira's um, in a law. In a law firm. And is is there any chance that you'll stay there, or will you come home at some stage, or what? Uh, no, I'd, re- I'd reckon we'll stay all right. I'll never say never, but we're happy now anyway. Is life so much yeah. better there, Kira? yeah? It, it looks, we obviously miss our families so much and every day that's hard, but um, we, get a, we get a flight home every now and again and that kind of reminds us why we moved away, to be honest. I know, I know, I know. But life is good, that's for sure. And you have tickets for the match. Are you optimistic about Ireland winning today? Of course. And look, even if they don't, at least the atmosphere, I'm sure, will be fantastic. I know, I know. Absolutely. Listen, is Paul always late, Kira? It's always the women are late. How come he's always late? <laughs> he's a very busy man, Neil. You know. Oh you're, <laughs> I, oh, you're so understanding. I hope that understanding doesn't change after she marries you, Paul. What do you think? Yeah, I, I, I hope not. Doing all these long hours is for that wedding next year, Neil. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get out the violin. Hold on a while. Yeah. Anyway, listen. Go on, sorry, go ahead. Do you want to do a shout-out for people back home? Uh, Just a shout-out to all parents. Yeah, we better shout-out. My mum has told me to give her a shout-out, Liz O'Brien, so have to do that. And uh, my nephew, Stephen Doran, and little sister, Adele Colgan. All right, and O'Kira's an Onslow garden girl, and Paul is a Dublin Hill lad. So listen, enjoy the match today. I'm out of time. You have your tickets. Off you go. Enjoy the game. Thanks so much, Neil. All right, take care. Yeah, bye. Hurry up, Paul. You're late, pal. Hurry up. You're holding everybody up. (laughs) Big shout-out from the pub as well. Thank you for that. Paul O'Leary and Kira Coggan in Perth. Uh, Bring on the girls in green. Phone lines are open. We have family passes to give away for Clonakilty Black Pudding Visitor Centre. Last year, I spoke with Ed uh, on air. Um, The family business was founded by Eddie and Colette Toomey, and we spoke to their son, Ed, last year. So Clonakilty Black Pudding Visitor Centre does an awful lot more than just tells you how to make sausages or black and white pudding or rashers or what have you. They also tell you at the visitor centre because it's an audio type tour there. You get your headphones and your audio. Um, There's a gift shop and merchandise and all of that. You get a tour of the production room and how everything's made but it gives you a serious history of the town of Kinsale as well. And it's like stepping back through the ages. It's fantastic. It's well worth it. So we have family passes to give away now. Callers 9, 10, 11 and 12. Pick up the phone 0818 104 family passes for the Clonakilty Black Pudding Visitor Centre as we continue our summer family passes giveaways across the summer. So get dialing for that 0818 104 Have a good day. Here's hoping we get a result. For more Red FM podcasts, go to redfm.ie forward slash podcasts.